What's happening, y'all? This is Todd Wilson with another episode of Elevate Your Game. Today, we have former NBA player, UCLA, North Carolina NCAA champion as well, now entrepreneur, player developer as well, still Mr. Larry Drew. Larry Drew, too. Larry Drew, second. <laughs> Larry Drew, the second, baby. Larry Drew, too. What's going on, Todd? Uh, man, welcome to the show, man. Appreciate we just you. try to bless the people. Yeah. With your journey, your knowledge on the game, and how you transformed it to build the life uh, that you built, man. So, uh, been knowing Larry since he was 16. We go 15, back, bro. 16. We go back oh, from uh, 360 days. The 360 yeah. days. The the people in the valley know. Yeah, if you man, know, you know. The battles. Mid, uh, Mid Valley 360. I was a grown man trying to guard this kid, and he, man, we used to cook. <laughs> he used to cook. We used to have some battles, man. You know, yeah. you made me better, though. No, I appreciate it. Appreciate <laughs> it, man. I, I wasn't about to get punked by no 16-year-old, but, you know, I'm proud of you, man, and everything you've done and seeing <laughs> your you, growth, man, man over you, these bro. years. Thank you, bro. We'd love to start the show off with the Wall of Hoop movies, your favorite hoop movie of all time and why. Yeah, man. Uh, We're missing a couple, like Mike, well, Just Right, but... You got, you, got, you got a lot of classics up there. I mean... To be completely honest with you, I actually ended up going to the, uh, what's it called, premiere of Love and Basketball. Oh, wow. And the reason is because my pops was in the movie, but the scene ended up getting deleted. Okay. And, and I went to the premiere not knowing anything about the movie or even the fact that he was in it. It was just kind of one of these situations that my parents was like, like, come on, like, we're, we're going out, like, you're coming with us tonight. And we get to the theater and, you know, start watching the movie. And honestly, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I, I'm like, I remember watching it as a kid feeling somewhat, somewhat triggered. Because I'm like, they did such a good job, I think, of detailing kind of like what it what it's like growing up in, in like a like a basketball kind of a household. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? At certain times in the movie. So I'm like, is this about us? Like, I'm like, is, <laughs> what is, is this our life? Like, what is this? What kind of movie is this? And then I find out that my pops is in the deleted scene. But either, you know, top to bottom, I feel like, you know, it's a it's a great movie. The fact that they had it like split up in different quarters and it kind of follows like the story and like the love yeah, life. You man. know, it's, it's, a, it's a really, really good movie. You no, know, I'm a absolutely. big movie guy. So I think like. Top to bottom. I like loving basketball. Love it, man. One of my favorites. One of those ones I have to watch at least once a year. Man. Every time it's on TV, for mm-hmm. whatever reason, I, I got to finish it. Yeah. My wife hates it. I've told the people before. My wife hates that movie, apparently, mm-hmm. because you shouldn't play basketball for somebody's heart. I mean, and, at the end of the day, lost. They, they, they give a, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, part of me is like, what would that movie have looked like from the perspective of, of a couple growing up like in Westwood and going to school at UCLA, you know what I mean? So yeah. maybe we can, you know, try and uh, I like that. inspire maybe a different perspective. Hey, let's, uh, let's write that movie. Maybe, yeah, Love and Basketball not, too, and uh, based on based on UCLA. I like that. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying that. to get my people some love, man. <laughs> Absolutely. You know? um, so we'll go right into your journey, man. So when did you fall in love with basketball? Who, man. I mean, I've always been around the game. Uh, you know, my pops, you know, his tenure in the league as a as a player and a coach, you know, he's he's been in the league for over 40 years. So when I was born, he was already 10 years, you know, as a vet um and in and growing up, you know, around uh the Lakers. I mean, this is where he was. Uh, he was an assistant with the Lakers when I was born, uh, having just retired from playing with the Lakers. So that Showtime era, you know, 90 to 97, I was at every wow. um, 
home game at the forum, you know, and I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't necessarily at that point disassociate the game of basketball from like life in general. I just thought it was like life was basketball and, you know, I loved, you know, the excitement. I loved hearing the crowd. I loved getting to meet the players and, and, you know, getting to have a sense of like, you know, oh, they're kind of like, you know, me and you, like they're people, but then getting to see like, you know, their talent and abilities on the court, you know, for them to display, you know, in front of the world, I thought was like heroic, you know, so yeah. I, you know, I, I loved every, everything about the competitive aspect of, you know, the game to the, to the strategic and the, you know, the, the dedication that, that, that my pops, you know, really spends in, you know, on his game plans and getting to learn his opponents and, uh, it was, you know, from top, you know, again, top to bottom, I, I loved it. You that's know. dope, man. That's dope. Like, literally being born into basketball. I tell people, like, yo, I, I, start, I like, fell in love with basketball at 11 years old, yeah. right? So it's like most people start super young. And right. Born into it. It's like, literally, this is how life, uh, Will Smith says it in his book. He's like, he created his house mm-hmm. and his kids recognized the entertainment industry like making films and producing music is, oh, this is just life. Being right. in the studio is part of life. That's where I live. Being on set is a part of life. Like right. for Hooper, for you and, you know, all the NBA legacy kids, it's like, no, nah, this is, I'm just at the every Laker game. <laughs> I mean, yeah, bro. It was, um, it was interesting because I remember always being better than average or like my friends you know what i'm saying and when it comes to basketball and even the amount of time that i would spend with my pops in the gyms even like after practices like the lakers practices on the court shooting around and just doing drills with other coaches or other players to you know after practice at my house like you know as soon as i'm done we're outside like playing horse or just shooting around and going through drills so i'm like not necessarily again realizing that all of that is you know, that's time spent. Um, and mm-hmm. he's not necessarily letting me, you know, pick up on bad habits as I'm going through this time, right? So I'm learning the game a certain way from a from a seasoned vet. And he's, you know, it's fun. So mm. I had everything, right? What made it fun? So that's interesting because you, you hear that a lot, right? There's a lot of parents out there who are trying to show their kid the way, mm-hmm. right? And so you had a dad who had the knowledge, you had the experience and everything. What made it fun still? How how can a, if I'm a dad who's a hoop dad, my son is two. How right. do I make it fun for him and I know how to develop? I think it's really just about establishing the culture um, and the environment, right? So one of the things that my dad, uh, that he did was he never really necessarily pushed the game on me, but I do remember him being very big on like discipline and mm-hmm. leadership and teaching me certain, you know, concepts and, you know, just in, in, in having like grown up uh, as the older, you know, brother of, of, you know, I got two little brothers, Landon and Lindsay, and kind of just how to like, you know, treat them and how to treat my mom and really just how to be like a model, you know, citizen, right, like of character. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I did a lot of karate, right? So growing up, I was in Taekwondo and I remember my, uh, like my my master basically kind of talking about those same concepts of uh, discipline and and basically being able to kind of control your emotions and how to you know navigate right like if you start feeling like overwhelmed emotionally what you should do in that moment and it spoke to leadership and it spoke to not following the you know like the crowd and um really just shifted my perception i think early on about again 
what it meant to be a point guard or a leader. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that gave me a sense of freedom just in my development. I think me being able to kind of perceive the game my way um, and also, you know, be a creator. Right. So I was never really like a robot. I never felt yeah. forced to do anything. And, you know, and one was popping back then. Like we had. <laughs> right. The suburban, you know, with the TVs in the back. So he, he used to have, uh, like, the uh, the video editors for the team create the highlights, right, of all the, like, the Nick Van Exels, the Damon Stoudemire. Wow. So I'm, I'm literally, like, a little kid in the back of the seat, like, like his YouTube, right? Like, if I had yeah. YouTube, you know, so I, I was on all that, like, highlights and ball, ball is life mixtapes, like, before there ever was any of that stuff, bro. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just, like, studying the game because I'm, like, really starting to pay attention to like the rhythm and just how, like how the flow. old like you're saying younger so how old I'm did like this start three four <laughs> like, <laughs> and understanding the game already yeah like That's you know crazy, just man. you know because yeah I, I mean it's it's a testament to my pops I, I mean you know just in his his i think you know knowledge of the game and and his love and passion for being a coach and teaching um and giving back right so i think again he just he just made it to where I have my choice of different activities and different, you know, things that I I could do. But, you know, again, getting to see him go to, you know, work and Mm -hmm. then go into the games. And, you know, by the time Kobe, I mean, I was already in love with the game before, you know, Kobe got to the Lakers. But, you know, I I was a Nick fan and an Eddie Jones fan. But by the time Kobe got to the Lakers, you know, I was like, I was in love. I was like, okay. And, and And I grew up like, you know studying Kobe. Yeah. So I put all that passion, all that energy basically in, the, in the trying to like learn and, and model my game after, you know, at least mentally what it would take to get to that mm-hmm. next level. So that's dope. And so I always, you know, I always wonder like when you're in there, did you, were there players, wherever your dad was coaching and those opportunities you had to be around NBA players as a youngster, uh, were there certain players who you actually had interactions with that like you know, like, yo, that really inspired me that yeah. you could even recall now. And yeah, I mean, yeah, Kobe. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember having a, a convo with, with Kobe after one of the practices and, and kind of just remember feeling like, well, I mean, even like me being a kid, like he was 17 and like he wow. still seemed like an adult. You know what I mean? So yeah. he, he seemed a lot older. Pro, I, was, yeah. I was like, what, seven, like six, seven years old at the time. And then so I I remember my pops and, and like my mom and they would talk about the fact that like, you know, he's just a kid, you know, high school, this, that, still a far away, you know, out from me being, you know, again, seven years old. So when I was at the practice, I remember having an opportunity to kind of just talk to him, thinking that even though he seems like an adult, the adults kind of look at him like he's a baby, like he's a kid. So let me see mm. if, if there's any kind of way that I can connect with him. And he ended up coming over to the sideline. and We ended up just having conversation. You know, he, he showed me some 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 of the things, I think, uh, finger fingertip control, like ball handling, just kind of like sitting on the bench and had this drill. He used to like dribble the ball through his legs and then like, you know, kind of uh, alternate the way that he would yep. kick his legs in and out. So he taught me that. Um, and I just remember him being like super, super cool, super humble and, and just yeah. feeling like, again, like a sense of connection, like, okay, like I'm going to pay attention. I'm going to watch you and, and kind of just, you know, getting to see it unfold was like surreal. So I'm like, you know, 
so dope. Grew up a Laker fan through and through, but mm-hmm. you know, again, it's like uh, as I got older, understanding that you know, through my through my evolution as a as a as a human as a player, there's a business component, right? And then you know, it, the game at that point kind of becomes like again, like how much do you love this, right? And Man. and and you know. It, I forget who says it. It might be Pat Riley, you know, or the originator mm-hmm. of it. But again, like the game can take you, you know, to the to the top of the world, and it can take you to like, you know, like the bottom of the ocean. It just depends yeah. on, you know, like what's going on. But the key is to try to like remain balanced, remain in the middle. So I've always kind of had that cerebral kind of, you know, uh, understanding of what it takes to kind of just be like, you know, a, a pro. Again, just having yes. spoke to so many pros um, in my life. So yeah, no man, that's. You were a pro at four, it sounds like, you know what I'm saying, walking in and watching film and having the opportunity to be around those players. When did your journey take a, a you know, get the legs of its own, right? Um, when did you see something shift in you where you knew that, hey, I'm on a journey to get to the NBA? Um, and what was what was your development process like in that time? Um, Honestly... It- this was like a really random, I think, moment. But the moment that it, like it kind of just clicked for me, where I was like, I have to make it to the NBA. Or, like I just like I'm supposed to make it to the NBA. It came um, <laughs> one morning. We were on our way to school. My parents were dropping us off, um, but we were living on the East Coast. So this is my pops. He was with uh, the Wizards in DC. Mm-hmm. And we used to have to drive uh, from Bethesda, where we lived in Maryland, to Georgetown, where we mm-hmm. went to school. On the way to school this one morning, we ended up dropping off my dad at the airport to um, get on the team flight to, to head out for a road trip. And um, I, I wasn't like, <laughs> I remember thinking like specifically like that morning going like, there would be like no other place I would rather be in the world than like getting on that plane right now, <laughs> mm. going on like a road trip and like playing basketball and like not having to go to school right now. <laughs> like I just, I just remember. So thinking, did that have to do more with being with your pops and I going think, with him, I or think, was it? I think it, I just saw like again, it was. I, and that's why I'm like, I don't know why it was specific to that one moment, but because it was like, I remember very clearly it was like raining out, you know, it was like kind of oh. one of them like, you know, uh, gloomy days and it was very early, like, you know, sun was just coming up, guys had on like their, you know, like their, their sweats and, you know, walking in with the, mm-hmm. with the headphones and, you know, they had their food or whatever was going on, but everybody was like, you know we here, you know, let's, let's, let's get to work, you know, kind of a situation and, and, and just feeling like that energy, even that early in the morning, I was like, That's what you wanna this do. is dope. Yeah. Like, this is what I want to do. That's dope, man. Yeah. Did you ever, what was the, I guess, um, your response, you know, pops on the road cause he's coaching. Yeah. How did you balance that as being a kid and understanding how early did you have an understanding of what your dad was doing and, <clears throat> and you know, that that impact on you as a kid to 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 work to duty yeah. to business um mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know being like the oldest again growing up the oldest it was always about when i'm going take care of your mom and take care of your brother so it was always like i get to i get to be in charge you know mm-hmm. kind of a thing and um something that 
you know, I, I reveled in and I understood, you know. So yeah. I didn't really, uh, I wasn't really too much affected by it. You know, I don't think, um, and, uh, you know, obviously, again, and, like, my brothers, like, they're younger, they, they like, me growing up, uh, my pops was with the Lakers, so, you know. I we, think they were home. Yeah, we're home, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And then, come early 2000s, we ended up moving to Washington, and then uh, my mom made the decision to move back home just because she felt like, you know, my my brothers weren't necessarily you know uh, adapting I guess or like getting 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 to fit in the way that you know she she would she she was trying to you know so we ended up going back to L A and I'm thinking like okay again it's just like a different dynamic as far as having my pops like in the house you know for my brothers at least versus like mm-hmm. when I was growing up and having them around so I'm like you know again just seeing different dynamics but understanding like you know again as as man in the house or you know just amen or whatever you know mm-hmm. constructurally you know what i mean yeah. like um just having to step up and, and and just take care again you know moms and the family and the household at the end of the day i you know i, I looked at it as a sense of duty and something that i was willing to do i got the title of your book it's called raising a point guard <laughs> yo yo seriously like just seeing those different dynamics and and um I, you know god made you to be a certain person and just internally right yeah and you have this like you were built to be a point guard not in the sense of basketball which you know you were an amazing point guard but just in life like managing leadership um helping others like man you, I, you know i've been around you i love your heart dog you like you really love to pass that real, rock <laughs> like, like real life facilitator yeah um it's an energy thing like you know my girl steph we talk about it all the time and i'll be harping because you know i'm i it's almost like one of my favorite sayings in basketball is the ball finds energy. Mm. And it's like, if you understand Man. what that means and what beautiful basketball looks like and how when when people get touches and, you know, there's some excitement to those touches and there's some intention behind those movements, right? Like, it's going to find its way to the basket, I think, almost like willfully. You know what I mean? Yeah. And life has that, that same kind of flow. You know what I mean? Like, if you get somebody excited by saying, let me put a little bit of energy behind putting somebody in a position to, to do what they can do well, you know, maybe that'll excite them to do the same thing for others. And it kind of goes into another, uh, one of my philosophies, KYG, know your game, you know, KYP, know your person enough. So yeah. once you know your game to a T, you learn others, you know, and then do exactly that. You put people in position to do what they do well and try to mitigate the weaknesses, you know, and then not in the game, you know, during practice on the side, that's where you try to work on those those weaknesses to make them strengths. Yes. But, you know, play to your strengths at the end yeah. of the day. Love that. Uh, We're going to clip that one up, Karina. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was, man, like, just the, the it's the philosophy behind being a point. Everybody thinks yeah. they're a point guard nowadays, and it's not. Right. You were, like, you were raised to be a point guard. Yeah. Like, it's really hard to build a point guard if you don't have them at a young age to mm-hmm. instill those values and the wisdom that comes behind being a facilitator and getting right. people involved. So that's that's super dope. Let's let's talk about just LA basketball, right? Yeah. So being in in LA, um, did you? So when did you guys move back? How old were you when you guys moved back to LA? Middle school, high school? I was a seventh grade, so middle school. Middle school. All right. I had gone to I had gone to private school my whole life. Coming back to LA, I told my mom I was like. 
you know, I'm done with the prep and, you know, <laughs> uniforms and that whole stuff. Like, I'm trying, <laughs> trying to, I'm trying to just, I'm trying yeah. to turn up. <laughs> and then, so I ended up going to uh, Portola. So like, you must have went to Portola then. I did. Up. I went to Portola and ended up uh, going to Taft and the rest, rest is history. <laughs> so, yeah. So, in middle school, where, did you play AAU then or did you, and who'd you play yeah, so with? That was that was, experience? Yeah, that's, that's when I was, I was saying, um, we were talking about JD before the show, but okay. um, I was with Basketball Avenue, seventh uh, grade, eighth grade, um, coached by Jason Martin. Oh man! Yep, and uh, it you was had some fire coaches too. Me, though, Richard man. Sims, Jason Pruitt, Brian McKnight Jr. Um, we had a little squad, and then um, I remember by the time I started getting around to like high school. Yeah, that's when it got interesting. That's when it. That's when it. it got yeah. real, real, <laughs> yeah, real spicy. Um, it, there was like a freshman showcase. I remember it happening at Taft. Um, during the summer and thinking like, at, at my freshman year, I, I I went to Taft. Oscar was there. Oscar Belfield. And remember, I was saying yeah. Oscar played with JD basketball, mm-hmm. um, mathematics, and it was kind of just like the built-up rivalry. So at that point, it was like two rivals joining forces, going to the same school, um, and and thinking like, okay, there's going to be a summer showcase. Um, you know, we should run this like Oscar and I, right? Like mm-hmm. as far as freshmen in the valley go. You know, so wooty woo game starts. Other freshmen, I'm not, you know, too. Yeah, this is what pre, you know, really like fall or something. No, I'm saying like the like the chat room, like the. I want to say like SoCal hoops was like something that I got into like later on in my high school career, but I wasn't too concerned with following, you know, the trend or like again like the 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 online digital media rankings. There wasn't really none of that that. like that, right? Right. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, SoCal hoops was it. That's it. Um. So I didn't know who, who who else was gonna be there. I just felt like I was about to run, you know, yeah. everything. So first half, I, I had probably like twenty. I think I might have had a dub at half, and and, and I was, I remember, uh, I was hooping against Dallas Rutherford. Uh, he was just on the show. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> he was just on the show. I didn't know Dallas at the time, but it was Dallas, and I remember thinking like, man, I'm, like, I'm clicking this white boy. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. Like, Give Dallas his work. <laughs> Um, second half start, like, first play of the second half, dark-skinned brother goes up and, and dunks it. And I'm like, like, in traffic. <laughs> like, Who's that? Who is this? And he continued to cook for, like, the rest of that half. And uh, they ended up winning. And it was, come to find out, it was Drew. And I was like, I had to like be he's Drew. nice. Like, yeah. So... Growing up in the valley, it was like that. That that was the dynamic. I think early mm-hmm. in my high school um, career, you know, having those battles with Drew, and then seeing like in the city, it was like BJ, Demar, um, you know, Malcolm Lee was in was in IE. So mm-hmm. it was a it was a popping class. You know, yeah. to say the least. No, that was the that as was as far as guards were concerned. You know? No, no, I mean just the city league in general. You know, now yeah. it's shifted all private school right. now, and so that was I think that was the last heyday of city yeah, league was when y'all was sure, in there. Um, sure. Drew was at Campbell Hall, of course, but yeah. you know, just uh, man, that's uh. It's crazy to see how many people made it to the league mm-hmm. just from this little yeah, area. This little pocket, you know, bro. this little pocket. I mean, so. like with PG, Clay, you know, like like I said, Malcolm Lee, 
Um, you know, there's gonna be guys that I'm, I'm probably sure I'm forgetting. I mean, you know, and I should, I'm thinking it's just our class, right? But then it's right. like you got Russ, James, and you know, right. within the years that you were just in high school, right? Just, and there, <laughs> it was, it was, it was, it was popping, bro. Like that's what I mean. Like it was very, very competitive, and um, you know, we all felt the same way about who we was looking up to as far as you know, again, like who, who. Who, who we wanted to be like, and I was Kobe. You know right. what I'm saying? Everybody felt like Kobe was that, was that guy, right? And, and being in L.A. and getting to witness that. So, you know, I don't know if that, again, that energy played anything into kind of just like the overall mentality of that class, you know, or that grouping of classes, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of coming into their own, like, you know, maturing and stuff. But, um, yeah, bro, we had dogs. Like, it, was, <laughs> no, it, was, it, was, it was real. What were you able to achieve um, at Taft? Um Championship-wise, uh, your accolades through high school. What are some of the more memorable memorable pieces? Uh, uh, McDonald's yeah, All-American. Yeah, I mean, was McDonald's, 2008. Um, and Derek coached your team, right? Your coach was the McDonald's coach that year, right? Or was it? Oh, that was Derek not, coached. I think Jordan's year. Uh, yeah, I yeah. think Jordan's year. Yeah, okay. A couple years prior yeah. prior to me, but yeah, no, nah, high school. High school. I still I still say like high school is probably the best time of my life like playing basketball because you know it was it was very competitive one it was like kind of I think too like an interesting time for me just like you know personally in my you know growth aspect as a you know as a a human right Mm -hmm. and kind of just you know I and having said all of what we spoke on earlier me growing up with my pops and having that that connection to the league and always you know just it being so streamlined it it ended up like like biting me in the butt later on in my life you know Mm. around this time when I was in high school just because I was so again like one track minded as far as what I was supposed to be doing and where I already felt like you know where I was going to be and that was Mm -hmm. the NBA and again it, it didn't really have much to do with anybody else yeah <laughs> like, it was just more so like all this work i've put in you know mm-hmm. like like i i know what i'm capable of like i know i can get there it, injury you know god forbid it's the only thing that can stop me but you know i'm gonna get there right so right. even me looking at like college right around the time i started being recruited i wasn't looking at schemes i wasn't looking at coaches i wasn't looking at style of play i wasn't really looking at the culture or the history or the past right of of said school i was just like a school basically is here you know to serve as a stepping stone for me yeah <laughs> to get to where i gotta go and it, it that that mindset at least for me you know personally impacted my recruiting because you know i I, I wasn't thinking, I'm sure, what a lot of guys might have been thinking at that time as far, you know, some guys is like, you know, I want to go to a school where I, where I can play and, you know, get in right away and play and, you know, basically everything is kind of mm-hmm. just run through me. I, was, I wasn't thinking like that. Because you already knew it was going to happen, essentially? Or, yeah, that was or, the mindset of that it? That was the mindset just because, again, I'm like, you know, this is how I play anyways. I'm, I'm such a facilitator. I'm, I'm such a willing, you know, a facilitator, you know, as far as getting everybody else involved, knowing that I have the capacity to get my own, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so, again, I, I was really I was <laughs> <laughs> rude awakening, bro. Like, it was, you know, it was real. But um, like, I, like I'm saying, though, it's just – it's all it's all timing it's all like you know uh you know divine timing in, in that you know you you go through what you go through 
when you go through it because you know it's 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 to teach you a lesson right for something yep. to come later and, and once i realized that i already had the tools to to get through you know whatever challenges kind of stood in my way yeah. um regardless of what what knowledge i had you know it, it, again it, it kind of forced me to to have to like reshape my my whole ego <laughs> you know my my time at, at unc um you know as far as like you know am i good you know <laughs> well, you had the question bro i was I, I went deep with it you know like, yeah so like, talk about that so the whole recruiting so I want to close this chapter on high school, man. McDonald's All-American. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, top, one of the top players in, in the country. One of the top point guards in the country. And you were on draft boards, right? People saw you no, as a I was possible on, I was one on every. I was and, on every draft board. I was on, you know, top, depending on the list, top 50, top 25, top 75, top 100. It, again, it didn't matter. I'm, right. I, I had every scholarship offered from every major university. Every yes. single one. Like, every... But it, I like I had I had like tubs like we used to we used to like kind of laugh. You see like how Floyd flexes his like his, his money, bands yeah. his money on like you could have made like as many stacks of just like letters of like you know offers of scholar yeah from from colleges right. <laughs> so That's I'm thinking crazy. like, is it? Yeah. yeah, like I like I okay so so I'm valued right like mm -hmm. I'm a commodity, so I can take my me as a commodity and go to any market and add value, right? Yeah. So that was my mindset. What's the truth, though? The truth is, <laughs> <laughs> the truth is, you know, people, I don't think, like, it's, it's about, again, knowledge at the end of the day, right? Knowledge is power. And mm -hmm. me having that knowledge, I think that early might have, might have been, you know, it, I mean, it, there, there's a lot of intangibles, you know, like like I have to be able to apply said knowledge too at the same time. But mm -hmm. again, the powers that be don't necessarily want me figuring out what kind of commodity I am. And I mean, it, it's a natural transition to the conversation about the NIL and why maybe mm -hmm. it took so long for them to, you know, even begin allowing that to, you know, occur or take place. But players you know understanding kind of what their value and what their worth is is again it's just that realization is is valuable right yeah um of self-worth and how you apply that knowledge into you know what you do in life mm -hmm. and, and and again it, it can it can be the difference in you know the way i kind of look at it again it's like slight degrees of separation where it's like if we're starting from the same place and i have a certain knowledge of where i want to go to maybe more so than you maybe i just got to aim a little a, a tad bit higher so that slight degree in the beginning ends up being like a, a vast difference you know mm -hmm. a mile down the road or a year down the road or you know yeah. what have you so you got to kind of be able to understand what the future kind of what that evolutionary path have some sort of sense of what that's gonna entail but again for me i was always like start in they really kind of I, I didn't really pay attention to the the journey or the path right i was mm -hmm. so so focused for some on like the the end you know what i mean yeah so somebody who's in your position right so there's a lot of high school players out there shoot that i know that were same thing uh opportunities galore for mm -hmm. college and you know focus on, i think every high level high school player thinks they're going to the NBA. Right. Right, right, right. right. Middle schoolers think that now. Yeah. Shoot, I'm around them all the time. They think so. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> there is there's a pathway. Uh -huh. There is a pathway, and there is, like you said, there is um, certain things that you need to consider mm -hmm. and to evaluate mm -hmm. before you take each and every step that. Your journey is never a straight, ever, ever a straight oh, line. No. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> never a straight line. No. So to <laughs> consider that, to seek the wisdom from the people who have been through it, right. and to open your eyes to the bigger business side of the NBA. I mean, my pops, you know, I got it all from somebody who had been there, done that, right? Yeah. And even with that, mm. there were still times where, you know, I was pushing back against my pops. And, and he, he used to tell me straight up all the time, he's like, you're, you're going you're gonna to see because... Guys are gonna start passing you up, and the guys that you used to be better than are gonna be better than you. What was what were you doing for that to happen, right? Because you think the putting yeah, the work I mean, in the gym. I, I just, you know, I think my dad, you know, he kind of just he's he he sees the best of the best, and he gets to, you know, he understands where the game is going. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, yeah. so you know, for example, pace, something that. It, it it actually like like the concept of pushing the ball and just what that does and being like a guard that isn't necessarily just walking the ball yep. up the floor, right? Yep. Kicking and, the ball and how hard. my yep. dad used to try and just get me to understand like it's about putting the defense on their heels. It's about just, you know, really just putting these guys, you know, in a pressure situation because if you can get all the way to the basket a lot of times, like, you know, you can create opportunities for yourself if you if you know how to change speed, change direction. So even like with ball handling, it was never about I'm gonna teach you how to right. cross over, do any of this stuff. Like philosophy, it was change speed, change direction. So getting to a spot on the floor, changing speed, changing direction, and then getting you know blowing by your guy and then into the basket. It's not you know it's not so A B C D. You know yeah. it's it's more so of a a flow. Like yes. understand why you want to you know, do certain things in certain moments. So I didn't get it because I wasn't, <laughs> you know, like I said, I wasn't, I wasn't creating those opportunities for myself at that point. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I hadn't seen those results. So I, I would give pushback. That's just one example, right. Yeah. Of, of kind of like, you know, how, how me and him would kind of, you know, I guess combat each other. Him is the father and, and the master and me is the son and the student. But it's like, I already know what he's telling me. He has some kind of insight that's supposed to help me with right. my game, but I'm still kind of just like, my teammate's not even running. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to be the first one down the floor every time and kind of just stand there anyway and wait for my teammates. Like, you know, I just kind of, you know, just like yeah. little, little kid attitude type stuff. But I do see, again, like, you see the way that the game is playing now. It's like, you, you, you got to, it's about possession. It's yes. about cutting time off the clock to try to get either a three or all the way to the basket in the least amount of time. And, yeah. and again, I think he saw that early mm -hmm. in how the game was transitioning Man. and evolving. And you I have just, the blueprint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's always the interesting. I love this. I really, really love this because you had somebody, you had a dad who was uh, involved in your life and was a basketball coach. And there's a mm -hmm. lot of dads out there who are involved in their kid's life and not necessarily basketball coaches. They think they are because they watch NBA instead of <laughs> actually knowing the game. Right. But it's important that even you having this great father, great coach, you still rebelled against that instruction because you just wanted to be pops, right? I mean, look, <laughs> and, and, yeah, you... It, 
it is like I think because he's on top of him telling me, you know, uh, like he he would tell me too, like straight up, and and I remember kind of just like him having like this very calm demeanor about it too, like it was something that again, like he just like already listen to me or don't listen to me. <laughs> it, it is what it is, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And just thinking like, but it might not be, you know what I'm saying? Like for whatever reason, just, just, Combating. You know, yeah, just, you know, just trying to be right or be heard or, or, or yeah, just to tell him like, uh, you're not right every time, you know, yeah. even though he is. <laughs> but right. at the end of the day, it, it yeah, it, it constructed me into who I am today. And, and again, yeah. like just me being the facilitator, because again, now going back and talking to kids, like I kind of get it. It's like I, you know, I get to be in a lot of situations. The first time kids have heard maybe from a pro or somebody who's been there in that position, right? So I get that they're probably fresh off of a conversation and hearing it from somebody that they've always heard it from. You yep. know what I mean? And that and that is like. I don't know if it's necessarily a good thing or a bad thing or why, like, children are this way or why kids are this way, but it is, like, part of what makes coaching, I think, such a delicate art is is knowing and understanding kind of, like, that nuance and how to communicate without over-communicating that same aspect or component to where it's going to feel like, you know... Like damn, bro, I heard you the first time. You yeah, know what I mean, like, y'all gotta they become keep numb. Being, yeah, they become, they numb, become to numb, it. numb to it. So, um, yeah, I mean, my pops, you know, father figure, coach, you know, A plus, and still, you know, got yeah. heat for it sometimes. But you know, I um, think it's important, and and I I think he did this is that you're put in a position to have other great mentors. You know, right. your high school coach was about, you know, Derek was about it. Yeah, he he understood. He understands yeah. basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you know. Uh, do you go to Roy Williams, <laughs> right? And then you go to uh, Alfred no, I had, or uh, uh, Howland. Uh, Howland. I mean Ben yeah, Howland, yeah. my favorite UCLA coach of all time. Yeah. Anyway, but Ben Howland, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. then you had the mentor. I'm sure you had other NBA mentors too that your dad was friends with coaches, right? To continue to be that voice and to mm-hmm. uh, you know tell you that information. So it's so important that dads, especially I'm gonna say parents in general, but dads mm-hmm. especially allow their kids to have another voice in their life at a younger age that's saying the same thing so that you know i used to go to camps i used to go to camps i I, you know i spent i spent a lot of time you know not being taught by my pops too so it's like it wasn't only my dad like you know what i mean it was a lot of traveling it was a lot of you know just travel i mean travel ball au but like you know just rec ball like you know, hooping at school, like, you know, so I'm, I'm, I I used to just play because I think too, from like a social level, I learned so much from the people, right, in my life, Mm -hmm. and the mentors in my life, and I think like me, I'm just like a a natural, you know, uh, naturally inquisitive, like I, I love learning, so it's like, the game taught me so much about life, and I think that was a connection that I understood early on. Was just like, like again, from micro to macro, like this ball is creating all of these opportunities, yeah. and it's like there's so much like that this can teach you if you, you were just, you were born into it. I yeah. wonder if it has. I mean, I think it's part of who you are as well. But even being born into it and seeing what this basketball is doing for all these people around you, yeah. you know, you understand the power of it and. Bro. How, do, how do we get kids to understand that now who aren't in that situation, who weren't born in the arena, you know what I mean? So a kid who just 
loves hoop. I mean, know? I think the game I just it just has a, a a natural magical effect on you know like like as a, as a kid like you know like athletes are heroes you know what I'm saying so it's like you look up to you know the the people you want to be like if you know or if you can't do something and it's like oh man he can do something I can't do. Maybe I maybe I can work and become a little bit you know better and and then maybe one day I can do that. So I think it, it, the game naturally you know again it, it inspires a sense of hope mm-hmm. um, for people to be able to to play and pr- progress and maybe not be in the same position that they were in the past. Yep. Right. So that that inspires hope. But um, I think too you know it it goes back to like parents. <laughs> Um, I think just because it's very easy to just sap all that love and all that joy and all that. I think like what could be like genuine inspiration for somebody to kind of just grow into the game and love and, and become like a lover of the game. If if like it's not necessarily about inspiring that organic growth and it's all it's all about, you know, me projecting what I want to see happen as a parent, right? Yeah. And, you know, you hear you hear horror stories. I mean, there's... there's, there's it's there's, prevalent there's, today. There's, like, literally, this is why I start this podcast, so they could hear from someone who probably had... You, you probably had it <coughs> where that was supposed to happen for you. Like, your dad was supposed to push oh, basketball man. on you oh, and force God. you to do stuff and all that, but like, it was a handout. It. Like, it was like a handout. Like, it was just given to me. And I'm right. like... But you said he let you fall in love with it. He gave you the process, right? I was a dog. Like I was, I was nice. <laughs> I was <a> like <laughs> come on. Like, so, I, so that's what your parents did, though. They made you yeah, a dog and they, passionate about whatever yeah, you love. That's what I'm trying to say. And it's so, like, how, how, what is what is what is that? How do I tell a dad like, yo, your kid has a potential, but you're creating the wrong tool. You're trying to create him to be this shot maker, scorer. When you need to create him to be a dog, how is the dog created in Larry Drew? Honestly, you gotta, you gotta like me seeing the game and what it could be. I think, like, I saw like the best outcome, right? And I was around the best outcome, so I understood like, like, all right, let's put it like this: like the first, <laughs> the first time I was in the front yard, I, uh, I remember trying to catch catch a pass. My dad made ball hit my finger, my finger awkwardly. Thought it was done. I thought I was. I thought I was like dying. Like my hand was, you know, and looking at it, feeling like I can't. I can't bend it. And, he, and my dad's like, "Yo, let me see it." And I'm. I'm like crying and snot dripping out my nose, and I'm just like tripping out. And he's like, "Oh, you just jammed it." And I was like, "I like just jammed it." I was like, "What does this mean?" And he was like, "Oh, it's just gonna be like a little hard to bend it for a few days, but just put some ice on it, you'll be okay." And he was like, "Look, if you want to play basketball." You better get used to this. It's, it's, it's gonna happen so often, and I was like, "Bro, I remember really just thinking like, how like how can I get used to this amount of pain right here?" <laughs> 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 and again, it just come down to sacrifice. So it's like you gotta see like mm-hmm. what somebody is made of first. Like I wanted to hoop. Like I think in being hurt or, or being beat or failing, like understanding that my dad already knew that this is just. A natural part of the game and stuff like this is good so it's like this can inspire my child to to figure out in himself how to yeah. find his own solutions you know what i'm saying so that's part of the space that they created for me was 
you know, just making it, I think, a safe space for me to fail, mm-hmm. to show emotion when I was hurt, and um, still let me know it was okay because, you know, the sun going to come up, you know, tomorrow, yeah. and, and, you know, it's all about the decisions that you make going forward. Like, are you going to let this stop you or slow you down, or are you going to, you know, lace them up and get and get back to it? And I was always down to get back to it, so. Yeah. I that, mean, that story is life, man. It's like. Our fingers get jammed all the time, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, yeah, you're gonna feel this pain, but right. it's gonna not go that away. you have to get used to certain things. You shouldn't get used to abuse and the, those extreme like things if, in it's, life. It's like if I'm, if I'm, if I want to get better, and this is how, this is what I want to do. I want to play this game. It's a game. Like I gotta mm-hmm. respect the fact that this doesn't have to be here. Yeah, you know? it's a, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a game. So. To respect the game, you gotta you gotta play the game, and to play the game, you gotta you know you gotta really give yourself to the game, and to give yourself to the game, you have to sacrifice. Yeah. So. You have to sacrifice because your dad already sacrificed for it. Exactly. So that's what I'm your saying. Your parent, like, your parents can't what, sacrifice for you to be good. You have to sacrifice. You have to find ways, or what are you going to? And 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 sacrifice was another concept that my dad, you know, he he. You know, he drilled into me early on. It was just like, you got to sacrifice. If you want to get better, you have to give to the game. And it's just like, you know, as I got older, that's why it started to like, he knew exactly what to do to like get to me because he's like, you're not, you're not putting enough into the game. He he knew when I was being lazy, if I'm not trying to put up right. extra shots or if I'm taking days off or if I'm just like, you know, just not giving it my all in a practice. You know, he come to all my practices. He can make it to. He's filming it. He's watching it. You know what I mean? So he's still engaged. And he's just like, look, like, if you don't put the work in, somebody else is, and they're going to pass you, and you'll see. Wow. And and I started to see it when it started to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, this shit, you know, it's real. It's like, it's all real. So you got to, you, you know, the ball finds energy. Yeah. So North Carolina, what made you choose North Carolina coming out of high school? Dang, yeah, so we, we we right back at the college era, huh? Because it's, I think it's important to talk about that journey. Uh, no, it is. West it's, Coast it's, kid is being very in the East Coast, yeah, right? I was so, like I said, bro, just very, um, I use the word naive. Mm-hmm. It's just the best word for me. Yeah. You know, I just, I was very naive up until college, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, just because I was, you know, I thought I was a dog just because I had a quick first step and I was able to get guys involved and, you know, had that pedigree didn't necessarily mean that everything else had to continue going my way. And Mm -hmm. like, you know, like I said, so when I was going about my my college recruiting process, um, you know, I was I was very, you know, just kind of like, again, not I wasn't really too concerned with what the specifics were it was just a matter of I think me always knowing that UCLA you know was was the school that in my mind I always felt like I was gonna go to UCLA like growing up Mm. I think I always felt like it was it was it was probably going to be UCLA like I don't know why it just it's just it was always this is before high school yeah it's before I mean because like I used to I used to work out up there my pops like he, he used to he was 
you know, going to the runs in the summer, right, you know right, what I'm right. saying? So I've always been LA on LA kid. That's, that's our LA dream kid. school. That's what I mean. Like Nobody I'll, dreams of going to USC. They really don't. They really don't. <laughs> <laughs> they really don't. You're joking. They it's really okay don't. if you some dreams. <laughs> Shout out to all my USC people, but we rep for UCLA today. Go ahead. Yeah, we, we are repping for UCLA today. And um, so, yeah, I was up there and thinking like, okay, it's, um, it's always been love and it always felt like home. And so that was it. UCLA. This is this is this is this is one school that I know that like again yeah. I'm going to actually consider of, of mm-hmm. all the schools that are recruiting me. So did, did the point that they had so many pros as well? Did that have anything to do with it, or was it just like that didn't matter? I mean, I knew, I knew about the history. I knew about the program, and obviously the fact that they produced so many pros was was you know a reason okay. for me to consider the school okay. in and of itself. You know, and then it being in my backyard and, you know, just me feeling like again, like like Jordan, right? Yep. Like so having Jordan as that kind of guy, like like big brother, you know what I mean? Uh <laughs> I I remember I remember, you know, Jordan, you know, actually coming up to the school, coming to Portola and and and, and hollering at me and being like, Look, bro, <laughs> you coming to Tide. <laughs> he already he already told you. So Jordan was a senior when you were a freshman. Yeah, I mean, no, 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 no. Or you was done, graduated, and then you. Jordan had just moved on. Yeah, and then and, you were and then, incoming, and then I, and so you I was coming over. in. Yeah, and it was it was it was basically laid out like for me to follow like yeah. right in Jordan's path. So, um, and then I was with the Pumps. So, um, you know, they're big UCLA guys, and it, it just again, like I said, I, I always with all at that. It. Hold on, with all that, you chose North Carolina. Bro, I'm telling you. Talk to was, me about it. It was uh, so. What happened? It, I, I have never gone on record in actually giving this story. Actually, or have I at one point, or maybe it's been such a elevate long time. your game I'll, exclusive. I'll, I'll Let's go. If you didn't, we are gonna grab it right now. Let's I go. Had, I, I basically narrowed down my top three choices uh, for colleges. You know, based on kind of just what I felt to be true, and that was. You know, UCLA is like home. North Carolina is North Carolina. And I felt mm-hmm. like, you know, UNC, Tar Heels, and yep. MJ, James Worthy, you know, Jerry Stack. Mm-hmm. Like, it's was just, it just UNC. And then Arizona also because they had a, you know, tradition of, you know, producing yeah. good point guards and, you know, having, you know, some history over there too. So the way that I went about, like, the actual recruiting process I um I went on a I went on a visit to Arizona um after the there was a tournament AU tournament I want to say like my sophomore year um and this is like so I had basically told every other school like I'm uninterested I basically put it out I think to like scout okay on the websites that like you know was tracking and doing all that at the time that Your UNC UCLA Arizona right. So I went on my visit to Arizona after the Cactus Classic, and Brandon was on uh, his visit. Like we were, <laughs> the way they did it, they had us basically doing our our use last um, names for these young viewers. Uh, Brandon Jennings, I'm sorry. Yeah, there you go. BJ, Brandon, <laughs> yep. Jennings. Uh, yeah, so tough crowd. Um, mm-hmm. So they had us like on separate parts of the campus, um, and by the time I had saw Luke, he basically was like. You know, we we got room for the both of y'all. You know, and and would love to have you both. Figured, and, and this is literally what he told me. He was like, he was like, you know, but 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 I figured like, you know, 
you guys probably wouldn't want that competition, so I'm making the offer to the both of you, you know what I'm saying? And whoever whoever basically lands it. And then I want to say like the next day, Brent hopped on he it. committed. Mm-hmm. He ended up decommitting, but he committed at one point. Yeah. And then so I had, um, I had, I had UCLA in, in, in Carolina, right? I actually messed up. Now that I'm thinking, I actually messed up the story because I, I had taken, I had uh, UCLA off the radar before Arizona. And the reason was because I told UCLA that I was going to go um, on an official visit to, to, to UNC. I want to say this was my, I forget which year, because it's like, it's like timetables. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like weird with it. So, so sometime between like my sophomore and my junior year. And um, Coach Holland was like, look, I don't even understand, like, why. <laughs> I don't even understand, like, why. Like, what's, what's, so, enticing, what's so enticing about North Carolina? Why not just commit? And uh, I was like, hey, no, I just, you know, want to want to just have that that experience kind of, a, kind of a thing. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Even talking yeah. over my, my, my parents. And it was yeah, like, yeah, you, you, you deserve that. You should definitely go and get busy, right? Yeah. So... I told him like, hey, I'm going this visit. And he was like, if, if you go on this visit, like you, you're not gonna have a scholarship. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. wow, it's like that. Wow. And so I took the visit. And 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 again, like I said, at that time, I still had Arizona on on my radar, but but kind of just feeling like that was that was their decision on how they was gonna, you know what I'm saying, go about that that situation i felt wow. like okay well I'm, I'm gonna move on right like again yeah and then what happened with arizona happened with arizona mm-hmm. and i left me with unc right wow and then so i i immediately right after brandon committed to arizona i think like maybe the next day after that i i hit up roy and i committed to to mm-hmm. unc because i'm like i don't know if they want like get my scholarship now now I'm, right. i don't got no more scholarships because i told everybody <laughs> else i wasn't interested so right in a sense in a in a really weird sense, UNC was my last choice. Wow. Wow. That's crazy that Holland told you that. Do you think he was telling you that to try to, like... But it was my first choice. Like, like again, right. like, no, no, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's like, you kind of knew UCLA, like you said, your whole life. Like, UCLA's probably it, right? And then Holland saying that, it feels like he was trying to say it to let you, like, Hey man, maybe I should reconsider going to these other yeah. schools, but it yeah. did the opposite. Yeah, it, exactly. It did the opposite, and I felt, um, yeah, I just felt like you know, like we'll see. Like it, it ended up being Jeremy, right? That they that they that they yeah. that they brought in, and I remember even at one point thinking like, <laughs> this is this might be one of these one of these cats that like my pops, you know, used to tell me about as far as. Mm. You know, kids that maybe put in a little bit more work in different parts and maybe they start passing you up because he started getting a whole bunch of hype, I think, like at one point in the in the recruitment process, especially yeah. out here in California. And they was, you know, his, his whole family was big UCLA people like, you know, we want we want him to go to UCLA. Um, So I kind of was looking at it like. Jeremy can have it. I'll come back and I'll dog Jeremy. Like that was, that. <laughs> and then we, and then we, ended, the and then we, and then we ended up being like teammates, right? Like, for for, for and, pump and, and run. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, uh, and it, yeah. Yeah. So it was me, Drew, Jeremy, the Wear Twins. Um, Crazy. How'd y'all, so, how'd y'all do that team, by the way? We 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 did well. I want to say, I don't remember 
what like our record was or what the big time the big the, time the and the the year the pumps the team that i played for that was super nice was my sophomore year the 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 spring and summer circuit of my sophomore year mm-hmm. going into my sophomore year mm-hmm. i played with james you james and austin day and amandi amoki he went to cal we went we went 50 and one we won at seven of the eight major tur- uh, tournaments we, put, we played for. You. Bro, we lost one game that whole circuit. The team we lost to, it, it'd be a trivia. Like, if you want, like, I don't know, like, how we can make this a trivia part of the show, but who's the one team <laughs> to beat the pump and run? Yeah, it was like 05, 06, Larry Drew, James Harden, Austin Day. It was EDO. Really? Yes, bro. Who'd they have? They had Jamel Horn. <laughs> Who? Jamel Horn. He went. He ended up going to Arizona, and in in the game they beat us. They, it was a. I forgot the tournament. It was in Arizona, but I'll never forget because it was on a. Uh, I had just turned the ball over. Uh, the like the guard who had, you know got the ball was on a fast break. I'm like chasing him down. You know, maybe thinking mm-hmm. I'm about to strip the ball. And it was like a made, it was like it was like a big game, but we ended up playing like in a small gym, so it had mm-hmm. like that that real enclosed yeah. like feel, and it was coaches everywhere and people everywhere. And I remember thinking like I'm about to try and strip the ball and you know at least hustle and make right. up for the fact I had just turned it over. And he like went up for it, and I remember thinking like 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 oh snap like he missed. Like, I'm about to go up here and, and get the rebound. Somebody must have caught him. Jamel, he, he came and, and dunked, bro, so oh hard and, like, swung on the rim and, like, kicked the back of my head. And I looked up, and it was just coaches and everybody, oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. And we lost, bro. So I'm like, that was the one game we lost. I'll never forget because that's the one time in my life I've ever been dunked on. And it, it was it was, it was was by Jamel. Like, but – I've never seen a run like what I saw that spring and summer from mm-hmm. from a high school player, like what I saw from James. Yeah, went off. Ridiculous. It was so ridiculous, bro. Yeah. It was ridiculous. No, I heard it. Like, uh, Dallas was actually talking about him, too, last episode. Just that those pump and run teams were. It was ridiculous, bro. During that time, they ran stuff in Southern California. We went 50 man. and 1. 50 and 1 is wild as And then well. on the other team, that's, that, that's, so the team that they was on, With him, we, was Clay, on we was on the and, other team. Yeah. Bro, we were, we we smacked everybody. DC Assault, Houston, Houston Hoops, uh, uh, Celtics. Uh, the only team we didn't play was like uh, SC. We didn't we didn't end up playing SCA, but yeah, but like it was like SCA, Mean Streets. Like yeah. they were the only other like kind of school, like teams that was I was messing with us. But nah, we were nice, bro. Again, it's just testament to to the talent that was out here during right. that time and, right. and the fact that it's like that, ten NBA players between the two teams, something crazy like yeah. that. Yeah, and and one like in a span of three classes, three mm-hmm. or four classes. So mm-hmm. that's great. So North Carolina, um, it yeah. wasn't what you expected. So you end up winning the championship there. Yes? I get to UNC, <laughs> you know, and again, it's like. I, like I said, the comment I made about it being my last choice versus my first choice is just like again, I knew I really couldn't lose. Like, like for, right. for a kid, you know, trying to get to the next level, it's like these are all great choices at the end right. of the day. And I'm like, you know, let me go ahead and take my talents to Chapel Hill. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but as easy as I kind of just said that and kind of just like how you laughed, and it was just like, a, like it's like, ha 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 ha. Yeah. 
it wasn't like that. It, right. It wasn't as as a what I thought was just going to be like somewhat of an easy transition or an right. easier transition. Um. So yeah, we won in my first year, and I already knew I wasn't going to be playing like that because we had a tie. Mm-hmm. And then Bobby Frazier, who was a senior at the time, Taiwan Lawson. I'm so sorry, yeah. Taiwan Lawson. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that team, Taiwan Lawson, Wayne Ellington, Danny Green, you know, Deion Thompson, Tyler Hansborough, right? Um, like, then we had like Marcus Ginyard, yeah, who who's like, yeah, you know I'm saying like, he was like a, a football player, basically, right. like, you know what I'm saying, as a basketball player, like, we had a squad, bro. We beat everybody that year, like, in the tournament, I want to say like, by an average of like 20 points, like, we smacked every, yeah. we, we ran through the tournament that year, yeah. but... That was a very, very, um, like, on a personal level, like, growth-wise for me, it's, like, it's really strange because, like, from a basketball standpoint, I, I like, I had to guard Ty every day. I had to guard Ty my Lawson every day, like, like, full court, right? And fight through screens set yeah. by Tyler Hansbrough, you know? And it's, like, if I'm not fighting through these screens and I'm not picking up full court and I'm I'm being made an example out of and it's mm. like the whole team running, you know what I'm saying? And and that can't happen. So it it's like how how do you physically like do things that you've never done before or at least, you know what I'm saying? You have to you have to go somewhere in your mental, right? Yeah. To like try and help I think compensate for some of that, right? And the fact that I was lifting weights I had never lifted a weight before in my life. I came into college at 155. You never, you didn't lift weights before. I hadn't lifted. I wasn't lifting. I wasn't, bro. I was. You heavy. didn't have to. You was so I was quick. I was heavy on, you know, uh, like plyometrics. I was working with Michael Blanks. He was my trainer, uh, Billy Blanks, uh, yep. his brother. You know, man got crazy bounce. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I was. My whole thing was I really wanted bounce. Like I really, really, really wanted bounce. So I, I was doing all the plyometrics, uh, you know, weight training. I was going to the stairs. I was going to the dunes. Like I'm, I'm doing everything right. Like ladder, everything. It made me quicker. It didn't give me no bounce. <laughs> it didn't give me no bounce. But it, it made me like, like faster and quicker yeah. and like, like, you know. So Carolina, bro, was just such a challenge. Like mentally and physically to like perform at a at a level that I had never performed at. Mm. Um that's all it basically became about was just like surviving. Wow. <laughs> like as far as what I'm doing like like on the court or like what kind of impact I'm having on a team or like how my game is developing as a player, it it wasn't even like it became like a whole second wow like thing. Took a back seat. Yeah, I was just trying to, like, survive on a day-to-day. Like, it was tough. <laughs> it was yeah. that tough. Like, I was like, bro. And I didn't know if it was something like, you know, other schools or maybe other, you know, programs. It was similar. But, again, my my, my freshman year at Carolina, there was no – we lost two games. We did lose two games. We lost our first two games in the ACC uh, to Boston College and to Wake Forest. Tyrese Rice came in and gave us 40, and then Jeff T gave us, like, 40. And, again, coming from the West Coast, right, something yeah. naive, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, You know, I remember thinking, like, too, like, we had ran through everybody, you know, pre-regular season. Like, we had played in the Maui Invitational and, yeah. you know, won all this, you know, stuff. And 
us getting ready for the for the for the for, for conference for the regular season and it just being a whole different like energy shift. And I made a comment in practice one day about like, you know, I said something about, you know, I was just Boston College or something like that. And Tyler Hansbro, he basically was like, What do you know? He was like, What do you know? He's like, oh. I just remember, like, he got so upset, and and I was like, he's like, no, he's like, fuck him, Tyrese Rice will bust your ass. He come here, bust your ass. <laughs> he's not just like Tyrese, so bro. Crazy. He went in on me, bro, and then he did exactly that, but he didn't bust my ass because I wasn't really playing. He, right, right. He bust, he bust Ty's ass, and I remember thinking, like, I had never seen that before. Somebody do this to Ty. Mm -hmm. He was like, he was coming down. <laughs> And pulling from like half court, right? Yeah. He was a lefty, and then yeah. one play he was like fanning himself. Yeah, right after. I remember all. I was that. like, oh my gosh! And then, <laughs> and then, and then I remember how Ty, and then just it, like what the environment, the atmosphere was like after that game. The mm -hmm. very next game after that, right? And again, like practice was was it wasn't even a practice. It was you know it's these practices, bro, are so tough. It's like it was like I used to be scared to go to practice, bro. Like. Dang, this sounds like Navy SEALs. Bro, yeah. I, used, I used to be like, I used to be like, bro, it's it's so, like, intense, bro. Like, it's intense. Intense, yeah. intense. Yeah. We lost the next game to Wake Forest, right, where we went to Wake Forest and, and Jeff Teague and um, James Johnson. Yeah. It, it, it was another spectacle. And I'm like, Jeff Teague, right? Like, I, I was put on game that game in, in that year. But... I just again, bro. It like the challenge for me was like you know again. I gotta somehow I gotta stay into the season knowing I'm not playing right, knowing I'm not getting the kind of you know burn that I um used to get in my whole life, right. the kind of attention I'm using in my whole life. Like this program that I feel like you know again is is I I definitely trust me I get it I see why they win. <laughs> <laughs> like, I get it, you know, having somebody like Roy at the helm, like, he, he's going to, he's going to make sure things are done a certain way, you know what I mean? Um, what, what, what about Roy, if you could pick just two things, made him such an excellent coach, man? What was it? What were the two things? I think he was a, a good recruiter, mm -hmm. and I think, um, I think, you know, he was good at, at relaying, again, you know, just the message at that point that, that needed to be relayed and that, you know, um, it's about buying into the program, you know, uh, mm. and, and, and if you're going to be a Tar Heel, you know, like the whole thing was, how do you know that, that God's a Tar Heel fan? Like the sky is Carolina blue. Like, like everything <laughs> out there is, is just, it's about the program. It's about mm. buying into the program, and if you don't buy into the program, you you know you are you a Tar Heel, you know? Like you gotta buy in mm. and give it your all. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. <laughs> other people want to come here, and we chose you. You know what I'm saying? Man. And it's like, so you gotta give us your all. I like that. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. So let me just let me just buy in, cause like you know I I never bought into something like as like that, right? So when we were again like. We're winning games, but it's like I'm not playing and I'm struggling in practice and feeling like, you know, it's just things are starting to compound. You know, it, it really, it really like 
challenged me as like a like as a person, as a, as a teammate, as like you know, just to figure out what was what was important. Like, what are your priorities, kind of? And it's mm -hmm. like, you know, the whole situation was for me to kind of come in, learn the system, knowing I was like behind Taiwan, behind you know seniors mm -hmm. on the team, and then by the time my sophomore year was gonna come around, I was gonna be able to kind of take over the reins and yeah. and and, and kind of just run the show. So again, that that whole freshman year for me was just about at least in my mind, like I'm learning, but I'm also trying to survive, right? Yeah. Because, you know, I, I get what the expectation is going to be come my sophomore year, right? Mm -hmm. So come my sophomore year, everybody everybody left, right? right. You know, Ty Tyler's not there, Tyler's not there, right? So it's like, it's me, you know, Dexter, uh, Strickland, uh, John, was John there yet? John Henson, Ed, Ed Davis, you know, yeah. Leslie McDonald, like we was a young team. We didn't make the tournament that year. Right. Right. We didn't make the tournament. I um I was dubbed Turnover Jesus mm. by Tar Heel Twitter. <laughs> I just Wow. I, I turned all I turned the ball over uh quite a lot. You know, <laughs> I wasn't really you know, I I wasn't playing my game. Um and that's not a you know, again, it's not an excuse, it's just it's the truth, right? Yeah. Like I'm, you know, it and at that same time, like I said, Tar Heel Twitter was something that was completely new to me. The concept of social media, right? So yeah. it's like guys on a team start making Twitter pages, and you know, they like is is a very brief conversation about you know what this is, and you know from like the the coaching staff or the coaches or the, the athletic department, like hey, whatever you guys put out there is going to be out there because Facebook, right? right like right. a lot of kids. A lot of students were on Facebook, so the the whole, you know, you have a bad game and now you got a thousand messages, you know, talking crazy, right? Like, yeah. and people talking to you crazy. So I'm like, these are people who I obviously know are Tar Heel fans and probably students at this school. And some of the things that I'm seeing and I'm reading online are like, you know, it's like abusive content and it makes me not feel comfortable. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. like, like threatens, you know what I'm saying? Like they're threatening yeah. me and I'm like, well, this is interesting, right? Because I, what happened to the game I love? <laughs> it's just like the game that I just thought I was supposed to just be able to just hoop and just do whatever and kind of just, you know, be able to grow and be able to make mistakes and be able to have some time to like kind of, but that's what that's when I again like I realize that it's you know it's a business and 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 you know Carolina is about their business right yeah. when it comes to um you know winning winning yeah, yeah. yeah. Winning, winning. And, and that whole thing let me ask you this because it's uh I think it's it wasn't talked about then right we talk about mental health all the time now right yeah and so what what got you over that hump what got you through those moments and what what tools yeah, did you have bro. back then <sighs> I had to didn't get have anything. I had to get creative, bro. I you, you like I really had to get creative, like you know, because I had I yeah. What <laughs> 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 so one of the things that like kind of I'm trying to figure out how much I'm trying to give. Here, <laughs> how about this? Let me ask no, you no, this. no, 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 because we we have to go into this. No, so this is my important. question: Did the school provide any no. help? No, no, no. Okay, no, 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 no. no, no. And why? And why do you think that is? That the school wasn't oh. providing help then for for what you guys were enduring? Y'all just came out of a championship to not make it a tournament. 
And I'm sure a coach knows this. <sighs> no, bro, because honestly, like, again, it, mental health in athletes and this whole conversation just became, like, yeah, a thing. You know right. what I'm saying? Be, you know, it's always about tough it out, you know? Just tough yes. it out and just get over it, get through it, that whole thing. But, I mean, we're all humans. We all, you know, have to... You got to ask questions, right? Yeah. Like, does... Do any of these experiences impact somebody's mental health, right? Like... Even as a kid, I was big on psychology. I was always big on how or why people thought or felt or did the things that they did, right? So, like, mental health is something that I've always been, you know, interested in. So, it's like I started to, again, experience my mental health deteriorating and feeling like, you know, geez, like, this is is real, you know what I mean? Like, this is like a real... Uh, possibility for for even somebody like myself who is giving you know all these tools to seemingly you know succeed succeed right yeah. like to to make a decision you know in 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 it just all go like the completely other way and it's like at the end of the day like I'm the one on the court you know I'm the one you know playing the game and then it's like you know you I. So I had all these different, like, conversations with myself, bro. Like, again, like, I just had mm-hmm. to, like, figure out, like, what was most important to me as, like, Larry. You know what I'm saying? Not my parents, not mm-hmm. Coach Williams, not, you know, my girlfriend, not, like, you know, anybody else but me. And what was most important to me at that time was being able to tell the truth mm-hmm. about how I was feeling. And so what I did was, I started rapping. Hmm. (laughs) I literally, like, uh, felt like, I mean, it's not even rapping. Like, it's not, it's not that I started rapping. I just, I just said that almost for, like, shock value. But (laughs) what I did was, I, you know, I actually, I had a realization because when I was growing up, I was like big into like poetry, right? I had a class like fourth grade. My teacher, Miss Grimes, she she really got me on like haikus and poetry and expressing myself via like, you know, writing. What's so funny stuff? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so I basically just started to like kind of write how I was feeling mm-hmm. almost on some spoken word, yep. you know, really just zoning out like, you know, back in my dorm, back in my apartment, like after games, after practices, kind of just, you know, putting, you know, pen to paper. And um, <laughs> two, I think, like, generational phenomena started to, like, kind of pop up and occur in and around where I was, and that was J. Cole and Drake. Actually, J. Cole ended up contacting, I don't even know who it was, somebody on the team, and, and, and it was the year, my freshman year, and it was like, I just want to come kick it with the basketball team type type of a deal. And he pulled up to campus, and we all went out with J. Cole. And he, he was, it was just, like, the team and J. Cole. I hadn't really been put on. Like, this is like I, when J. Cole first came yeah, out then. But, yeah, but this is in Carolina. So right. everybody out there was already buzzing and knew who he was. I didn't. So it was right. a huge deal that I was in this guy's presence. And like I remember him just being super humble, you know, just like 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 a regular dude. And mm-hmm. when I started to pay attention to his music, I, I instantly connected to it, and I was like, 
yo, this is like he he nice nice right. So I'm, I started paying attention to J Cole, and then same time, like I said, Drake kind of started to, you know, get some buzz. And I'm you know these they they became my favorite artists. So like I think like in terms of again rap music is concerned or what you what you consider what people may consider rap is like. You know, they're definitely in the rap hip hop genre, but they have a much different approach to and respect for, I think, the, the music game than, say, you know, some artists might have. Right, so, right, right. My content. Ly- lyricists. Lyricism lyricists always and, wanted my yeah. content and the things that I spoke about to be high level, you know, about my experiences, things that I actually went through, regardless of what people were trying to paint or perceive me. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, yeah. And even as an athlete, like, I, I you know, I knew. AI, right? Tried to rap and Tony Parker Synonymous, and Shaq man. and basketball. It's all part. It's all part of it. So I really like was like, yo, I'm about to be like the first, like to really, not necessarily transition, but to like kind of do both, right? Where mm. even if I'm not a superstar in the NBA, I, I make the NBA, but I still have like a career in music where I can mm. sell records and. Do fucking do shows and make more money, right? So mm-hmm. I, I was really looking at it like this, and my experience at Carolina that year, and all my challenges and everything, and the hardship and what I felt like was hardship and what I was dealing with, mm-hmm. it was gonna go into my artistry. Wow, that's where it started. So that's what I did. That's dope. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. First off, man, that's and I think that's good. You had a positive outlet. I mean, look, bro. Right? I as soon I ended up transferring right from Carolina, and I, I mean, do you? I don't know if you know the story, but I, I transferred uh, February third. No, I saw you. I saw you when you came home. You came to three sixty. I, I transferred, and then my birthday is March fifth, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm turning twenty one, and I'm like, you know, j- just got out of a very toxic situation in my with my last my ex university, right? And in 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 me being back home in on this new kind of just re uh self discovery kind of a wave, I'm like, I wanna do a show for my birthday. And my mom is is good friends with um uh Jamie King, uh Mark and Jamie King. They uh discovered Jamie Foxx and they run the foxhole. Uh, okay. uh, Conga Room at uh, LA Live, and so they had a slot. They like on Fridays they do like a live kind of a set thing, and it was like, yo, like you know, you can go perform uh, for your for your birthday on your birthday. Like, got you a slot, you know, if you wanna if you wanna go <laughs> perform. So I was like, okay. So I remember like I took some time. I put together a little uh, like a little spoken word like acapella piece before I actually went into my performance where I had addressed the uh current transition <laughs> like the current wow and yeah and i was talking about the situation i think like a few like people picked it up and some blogs like picked it up um mm. and it got back to it got back to carolina uh community and i kid you not kendall marshall's uncle released a diss track against you yeah <laughs> and it was just like a thing, bro. And it was like for for a little bit. So <laughs> it was just like for a little bit. <laughs> you was just trying to hoop. I was trying to. That's wild. Yeah, no, nah, I mean, but see, that's what I'm saying. It's like social media, and it's like the digital yeah. space, and it's like, man, like what is what is life anymore? You know what I'm saying? Right. And I'm like, yeah, like I was just trying to hoop type deal, right? Yeah. It, you know, even still, it's like I get it. Like 
at, at least from like a social media you know perspective or, or what the digital space and now what it all entails and how information is i think shared right and the mm-hmm. rate at which it's shared you know some people and there are some forces and this is again like from a mental health perspective and what i learned it to be true right as an athlete uh, and a former athlete is is really just a reflection of society, right? The digital space. Like, it's a reflection of the times that we're in. And, yeah, there's good and bad, right? Like, people will take the content that you post or see something or hear you or, like, see your game and then, you know, repurpose that, right, into yeah. something that you might want it to reflect. Or they can take it and spin it and perception. repurpose that. Yeah, it's yeah. all perception. So I really kind of just started to... Or I needed to disassociate, right? Like, again, because I couldn't start to internalize all of these, you know, messages and what I started to see and people giving their opinions on me and my life and my decisions and, you know, what they felt to be true. And I'm just like, you know, all of this is a facade, right? Like, I think it's it's a test. Like, again, it's a sacrifice. If you're an athlete and this is what you, this is what you want out of life and you want to, say, embark on this journey to utilize this this ball and this sport this privilege Mm -hmm. to 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 now create opportunities of generational wealth right it's a balance in life in society everything is a balance and it's like why does why why this medium why does it have to reflect so much negativity why does it have to reflect so much i think of the warped i think and kind of just like you know pessimistic right is some sometimes it can be that way but I, I I speak on it and I believe that it doesn't have to be, right? Like every, everything isn't all bad. It's not always all bad. It's not always the worst possible scenario. Right. And if you can almost, again, like you train yourself to kind of just be able to see, I think, where you can add some value to, I think, an opinion or on a topic or like even if it isn't just judging yourself, on Mm -hmm. on something in your life right like again am i am i am i good am i a good basketball player did i make the right decision going to north carolina is you know blah 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 like you know i it honestly it doesn't matter the only thing that matters is you making a decision right if you want something right again you have to decide right like you're going to take the time and over the time the sacrifices that you make for that decision it's going to it's going to start manifesting in the 3d right but because people don't really understand that concept of time and they think like a little bit more short term you know it's easy i think to get caught up in in the in the emotions of the right now right and not necessarily understand or give yourself that grace period to say you know give it time to make it work give it time for your brain to process and even figure out like what it needs to do your brain is a very powerful tool and it's like you can overcomplicate it you can oversaturate it with, with data and information that you don't even need more so than to just say what i already know to be true Mm-hmm. What do I already know to be true? What do I already know, regardless of anything else, right? And that's you know, I've I've hit I've hit situations in games where it's like I felt like you know it's on me, 
and I've seen like me put a little bit more effort into it and that impacts somebody else to go a little bit harder and, and how that can in turn impact the rest of the team and how that kind of energy can be contagious. Even if I can't dunk the ball, right? If I right, can't, right. you know, do certain things, there's a certain energy that I can I can provide regardless of what's going on or what's happening, right? And, and that energy can be contagious every single time. And those are intangibles that, that's when I started to tap into the intangibles of, you know, the game because it's mm -hmm. like, and that happened after you left North Carolina and yeah, went to UCLA. Yeah, went to UCLA because I'm like, there's so much more <laughs> you can do to, to impact and be a, and be yeah. a, a player of value yeah. outside of maybe, again, scoring the ball or having assists or not having turnovers or what have you. So, again, just on a cerebral level because I was kind of having these conversations with myself and really taking the time to, like, unpack, I think, a lot within myself it, it, it gave me the opportunity to find new nuances within the game to yeah. um to develop you know and and that helped me uh because also like one of the things a lot of people they don't know and you know put it on record is that i got i got hurt at carolina mm. um i actually ended up uh, tearing my uh, l4 l5 so i had a herniated disc and this happened my freshman year mm. and I felt like that was something that wasn't addressed, uh, except like accordingly. You know, uh, I wow. felt like, you know, even at that time, that was a part of what I was dealing with, even mentally, was having. You know, it, when it happened, it happened in the tournament. So it happened during a practice. I think like in the Sweet Sixteen, we're getting ready, you know, to play the next the next day, and I'm backpedaling in in our practice, and somebody throw the ball over my head, and I jump and tried to get it and felt something crazy in my back bro I like bet. crazy and i i just walked off the court like i could i didn't even like i couldn't move like and i just like laid down and they were like yo what's going on and i was like i have no clue like, Some, something, something is going on with my back and i didn't even i didn't i didn't get a like a the x-ray MRI I didn't get anything like that for for a few weeks I actually I I had to to fly home to go get it so that's why I'm like whoa that's why I'm like bro I I, I I'm looking at the whole situation and going like again like I'm I, I'm from I'm from LA right like I grew up thinking the game was supposed to be this and that and <laughs> yeah. it's supposed to be this and then and then it becomes a business and then it becomes like politics and then it becomes yeah. like you know life started to unfold right only in the way that life could unfold right and that's yeah. that anything that can't happen will happen <laughs> and it was your moment man i think everybody has these moments right where we kind of hit a rock bottom I, to see who you are where, where you you know all that i had to i had it, to move different i had to like for my back's sake right. i had to think different for my mind's sake i had to, you know what i mean like i had to completely, we have to address this though because i i hear this so often is that these colleges not taking care of their athletes. And it's real, you know, it's, this is years ago now, like 10, 15 years ago almost. So it's good because what, like you said, you're a commodity. And with being a commodity, there's a, um, you're also a person. Man, and that should always come first. So it's make sure the schools that you're at. Yeah. I always say, I always tell kids this, man, go talk to the players and their parents and see what they're going through don't just listen to the coach as they're recruiting you because yeah. they're going to sell you whatever they need to to get you there because you know and it's funny it's funny because going back in like 
paying attention to kind of how guys used to talk about like going to UNC and then and then it was just like a it was like one of those like just be prepared kind of a situation. You know what I'm saying? Like like it wasn't like you know what I mean? Like oh, I'm so happy I made this choice. This is the best decision of my life. It was like a just be prepared. Like like yeah, like we like yeah, we're here. You know what I'm saying? Is it's it's, it's yeah. good to be on a team and to be like to get all the love and attention and you know what I'm saying, to have that that spotlight and that platform mm-hmm. to be able to elevate and get to where you gotta get to. Like guys obviously love that. But I remember specifically, <laughs> again, the conversations that I had on my visit, again, specific to my experiences, it was, you know, again, Roy, Roy is, is going gonna, is gonna to get on you, so be ready for that. Like, it's going to be hard. It's going to be tough, right? You, you just got to be tough. You got to be... It's, Hit it's, you it's, with that scar, that be prepared, Lion King, Jordan, bro. Amen to that. Uh, yeah. Let's, let's uh, move on uh, UCLA. Kind of reinvent yourself, man. You see yourself coming back into your own, and yeah, bro. I um, um, what was that experience like at UCLA with Holland, the person who said you should like, win anyway? It was like night and day. <laughs> mm. It was like night and day, and 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 like. Do you think being home was part of it? One hundred percent. Yeah. One hundred percent. One hundred percent, and like, it was very crazy, bro. Because, oh man. I ended up leaving mid-season. The way I I decided to go about it, you know, having conversation with my parents, and you know, it was on, it was a group thing. It was a group decision, but yeah, I was like, I was like, I was like, yeah, let's do this, yeah, for sure. Because I, I, yeah. I don't know what it would look like for me to go have a conversation and say, hey, coach, I'm trying to transfer, like, you know, or I, I you know, like, I, it it just. It, I was so fed up, like, because I had attempted to have conversations with the staff, with the athletic or, or the basketball department, or just like with, you know, you know, people, the adults, right, in the room, mm-hmm. and it was crickets. Like, you know, I remember at one point I was told to schedule a, 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 a meeting with the secretary in the basketball office to have a, a meeting with a one-on-one with coach Williams. And I was like, all right, well, fuck that. Like, nope, nope. Like I'm not, I'm not about to, I'm like, I'm supposed to be like your starting point guard. Right. Or even if I'm like off the bench or whatever the case is, like I'm not scheduling a time with the secretary in the basketball office to talk to you. Like, but that's kind of how it had wow. gotten to that point. Where right? you didn't have to do that before necessarily schedule a meeting to talk to him. Right. Was, right. Right. And right. then all of a sudden, it became a business, and you had to well, do something. Well, bro, I mean, by, by, <laughs> this is my junior year. Freshman year, we won it. Sophomore year, we didn't even make the tournament. Like, we, it, it got, <laughs> Coach Williams had our, had us vote to see if we even wanted to play in the NIT because it was such a disgrace. Right. I think it was, you know what I'm saying? It was just such a disgrace that yeah. we didn't make the NCAA tournament. We got invited to the NIT tournament, but if you guys don't want to play, then... Let's take a let's take a, a vote, a unanimous vote, anonymous mm-hmm. an, anonymous vote, right? And enough players ended up voting to say that they wanted to play, even though I, I could already tell a lot of the guys on the team was checked out. Yeah. Um. We we lost in a championship game of the NIT to Dayton, but I um I remember <laughs> I remember the game prior to that in the semifinals. I actually I hit the game winner 
in the in that game, we were playing Mississippi State, and mm-hmm. I laid Jarvis uh, for he was the all time leading shot blocker in college. Mm-hmm. I think maybe still to this day um, with the left coast to coast, but it was so funny because I remember like guys on the bench. And like even after the game, just uh, being like, "How did you that you made? Like, show? why did you like? Why did you make that, bro? <laughs> like, we try to be done." That's and bad. me just feeling like, yeah. So, so again, by the time like my junior year came, and like I had lost my starting spot to Kendall, right? Mm-hmm. But like, it, it, again, Kendall, like again, was a kid that that loved Carolina through and through. Like, I didn't have the same love and the same passion for for Kendall, right? And mm-hmm. it, Anybody could ask me that. I would have just told him straight up, like, you know, no, I don't love Carolina the same way Kendall does, but I'm here, and this is the team that I'm on, and this is my squad, and it's like, I got to figure it out. Like, you know, I'm, 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 a, I'm a baller. I'm a, I'm a, like I said, right. I'm a dog. You got to go out for your guys. So it, it was very, like, the dynamic, I think, like, with Kendall, he, he definitely came into it with the mindset of, you know, I'm about to take his spot, right? Like, like right. the team, they probably already had conversations with him. Like, you know, we'll put you here for a certain amount of time and then, like, you know, see how it goes. And then, but it also was a completely different energy from, you know, I think to the coach staff, like how they approached, uh, you know, Kendall and I think the 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 kind of I think growth in the space His development development process. wise yep. the process that they kind of ushered in for him and gave to him was completely right. different from. You know, the, from 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 my experience, so so my junior year, by the time I decided to leave, I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not. It's, it's no conversation at this point. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't want to talk to me. They're obviously not trying to deal with me. They're trying to move on. Let me just go ahead and get my stuff, and let me just, you know, just hit the go, road. Go back. And home. let me just go back home. But 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 yeah, I didn't know where I was gonna go. I, I didn't know oh, okay. where I was going to school. So that's why I had to. Mm-hmm. Um, my homegirl, her name is Courtney. Uh, shout out Courtney uh, Couch, and and she was a manager on the basketball team at the time and she was like one of my real good friends uh and and we went to dinner like the night before i left and i told her i was like i'm about to leave and she i remember she was like she was like i'm so happy for you because you just don't look you know you don't look happy you don't look like you know you're enjoying yourself and obviously know what you're capable of so i want you to go you know into the right situation and and i love you you know miss you but you know we'll stay in contact type of deal but she was like i just want you to understand though like they're going to kill you for this. Like, right. They're going to they're gonna kill you, right? right? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so so I went you up, thought it was bad before. like. So I left, um, you know, ended up getting all my stuff, you know, packing my, my, my car and my whip. So I had a Denali. And my mom, she flew into to, to Chapel Hill. She helped me kind of get all my stuff together. And we ended up driving my car with all my stuff in it to Atlanta when my pops was coaching at the time. Um, and then we hopped on a flight from Atlanta back to LA and then he shipped out the truck from there. But on the way to Atlanta, this is like, like early in the morning, right? This is kind of like how, or, or when, you know, we ended up breaking to the university, like ended up talking to the coaches and, and basically just letting them know, like, is a done deal. Kind of just right, like, this yeah. is kind of like how we, we'd like for you guys to put it out. So by the time the story came out, um, you know, it's early seven, eight o'clock in the morning. Uh, I got a call or my mom got a call and it was Coach Holland. And he was like, hey, I just saw, you know, the story is maybe like 20 minutes after the story came out, like on ESPN and all this other stuff. He's like, 
He's like, where are you, where are you, where are you going to go? And I was like, I don't know. And I was like, I, I literally just left. I don't really know too much about what's going on other than I got I to gotta get out of there. And he was like, well, first and foremost, he's like, I'm sorry for how I handled the situation in, mm. in high school during your recruiting process and shouldn't have pressured you and, you know, kind of just made amends on that. And I thought that that was cool. So yeah. then he was like, let's, um, you know, let me just get to it because we have a scholarship and, you know, wanted to offer it to you. And I think that it would be good for you, given everything that you had kind of just gone through, because you'll actually be able to have some time, you know, to redshirt and then you'll come back for your fifth year as a senior. Yep. And then by that time, you know, we're renovating Poly, So you'll come into a brand new Poly pavilion and, you know, we got this really cool recruiting uh, freshman class coming. You know what I'm saying? So. I heard all that. I was like, I, I was like, done. Just yep. <laughs> like, like yep, my, the dream, right? I was like, done. I was the dream. I was like, done. I was like, cool. So, so yeah, bro. I, I, you know, when I got back to LA, and like you said, like I pulled up to three sixty. You know, kind of yep. just like it's, it's like I'm. The way I went about it was I wanted to just be like a regular, kind of a. <laughs> A dude for a second, like yep. you know what I mean. Like I, no, that was that was the dope thing about it is like you literally came <laughs> home and it was just like you back. You just in the gym, you just right? Chilling, I'm, just, I'm just with my and, homies. I'm just yep. back in the gym, back at the park, back at the rec, and just you know just trying to get back to. I think that that love, you know, it, that because yeah, bro, it was it was hard. Like those three years I was in Carolina was very difficult for me. But again, like having having that time to be able to kind of you know, get back to me and balance it back out was very, very important, I think, to have that, right, for my development. And, um, yeah, it was it was something that I took full advantage of. So, yeah. Yeah, no, man. Love, it was it was dope having you back home and being able to even go to games and see you play. Yeah, no, I mean, I was, I was, I was, you know, I was rolling around with, you know what I'm saying, my boy Rob. Uh, shout out to my boy uh, Bobby uh, Webb. He was at Montclair, another Valley mm -hmm. legend. But, yep. Me and him had a had a little rivalry thing too, you know what I'm saying, all throughout high school. But me and him also kind of started bonding on the uh, the music side, and yeah. uh, he got me into a lot of you know studio sessions and started having me meet different producers and engineers and stuff. So I started to put more time into the music yeah. and trying to tell my story through that lens, um, or at least through that medium. Um, so yeah, it 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 really just opened me up to. Uh, the entrepreneurial, I think, kind of aspect of what if yep, life after basketball. Bas like what, yeah. what if, what if, what if basketball don't work? What if I don't make the league? Because I, I had just had a really real wake up call about you know what I'm saying life, and I'm like, it, like through my injury, through just like the wrong situation, one wrong coach, like something politically. Like, what if I don't make it? Yeah. So I'm like, what else I'm gonna do, right? So again, it's not that I wanted to rap. It's just that. I was going to use this as a medium to navigate what I perceive to be, again, like my home. And that's just L.A. It's, yeah. it's the marketing capital of the world. It's the entertainment capital of the world. Like, I, I've always known that, again, maybe on the court, my value is, again, I got a quick first step. I understand, you know, what I do well and how to put other people in position to do what they do well. But... Off the court, my value is, you know, my network and the fact that I grew up in, within this community, this NBA community, I'm, you know, my pops recognizable, you know, to this community, me being recognizable to this community. Yeah. 
Um, all I really have to do is tap into my roots and figure out how to connect dots because I know so many people just growing up that do everything, everything, <laughs> everything that that I just got to be a leader in how I approach it. So yeah. that's it. Just sparked my my whole thing. And, and it's almost it's dope because it sounds like your basketball journey almost ended there, but it didn't. Right. Right. You uh, Miami Heat. Right. Is that where you start? So yeah, what start? So after UCLA. Draft UCLA, so didn't, some, get, some up, didn't get drafted. No uh, draft, I went through okay. the draft process. I was in Atlanta um, with my pop. So he was a coach. I was out there for a whole like three months. Uh, it was me. Um, oh, man. Trevor Booker. Oh, man, what's my guy? My, 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 he went to NC State. I, I'm blanking right now. It was, it was it was four of us. We were all like coming out of coming out of college at the mm-hmm. same time. Um, basically training at Georgia Tech, right? And, yeah. and I was doing like two days, and 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 I remember feeling like you know I'm, I'm doing two days and working out with this guy, and and it was interesting because the the guy who was training us at Georgia Tech. <laughs> I just remember his name being G. I ain't, I haven't seen or spoke to this guy since then, but he was he was big popping at Wheeler High School, and okay. I remember after one of the workouts, Lorenzo Brown. Remember Zo? Yeah, so Zo, yeah, yeah. so Mizo, Trevor Booker. And ah, I got you. Okay. Um, in Bakwe, I think it was too. He was at Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I ended up going to uh, Wheeler after one of our workouts, and he's like, "Yeah, I want you to come check out one of one of one of a uh, one of my players at Wheeler." And, and going up to the high school, and I saw Jalen Brown. That was my first time seeing Jalen. Uh, wow. I was like, he's he's guaranteed <laughs> going to the league because he looked like LeBron. He was like yeah. a sophomore, and he looked he was he was like he, nope. he was like he was like on LeBron time, right? So I was like, he's going to the league. But anyway, I, I I'm training, I'm working out, I'm doing all this. I'm you know I'm saying kind of just getting ready for this next step in my life, right? You know, pulling up to the the Hawks facilities and training with the players and doing all this stuff, right? I go into the combine, right? So I so I didn't get drafted. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sorry. The, I, the combine is first. Combine is first. Yeah. I went into the combine thinking like, all right, you know, I feel great. Let me let me you know just just take care of business. We're doing a three quarter sprint. And I'm running, and I feel this crazy pop in my leg, and I, like, collapsed. And I was running so fast, I just, like, slid, like, the rest of, like, I just remember everybody going, ooh, right, just hearing, like, you know, people in the back. And I, like, adrenaline, I hopped up, and I'm, like, I'm, like, walk it off, but it's, like, it's something, something's wrong, right? Ooh. Like, some, some, some pop, right? And it's, like, kind of starting to burn a little bit. I'm, like, so I called my agent, and I'm, like, I was just doing a sprint and I felt a pop in my leg and it's like is 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 hurting like and I'm feel, I'm feeling like crazy heat and like pressure and all this stuff and he was like he was like uh, just shut it down he was like shut it down mm-hmm. and um, ended up coming back to LA doing like a, a test and and I tore my quad you tore it. But it was like a, a grade one, something like a tear, like a grade one tear or something mm-hmm. like that. And again, at that point in time, like I felt like the league, right? The league, the league, the league, the league. 
So maybe again, just like this is me showing toughness or something. I don't know. I, I ended up going and flying out to Minnesota for a workout after just being told that I tore my quad. By the end of that workout, I flew back, had another reading, and it was like it's like a grade three tear now. Like you tore it even more. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, like I I couldn't walk. I couldn't like I was just the like sacrifice for the game, bro. Boy. I was like Dang. I was like, I'm I'm done. Like let me just shut it down. So like they ended up having to like drain my leg, like all this fluid built up and I have like this crazy like oh, see that? Yeah. So, like so Tore my quad, had a herniated disc, didn't get drafted. <laughs> I'm thinking like again, too many red flags. I'm I'm I'll probably never, you know what I'm saying, like get that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um and 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 yeah, I was bummed, right? Again, not seeing my name, but I was also like, you know, I didn't really have that ex- expectation to get drafted. I was just kind of like, you know, if I go somewhere second round even, like it'd be right. great, but didn't happen. I didn't have I didn't have the best collegiate career. You know what I'm saying? Right. Going from high school to college, my college career was not spectacular by any means. So, not really knowing what was going to happen next. I didn't have any expectations. Got a call from my agent. It was like, Miami is, 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 is inviting you to their training camp. And I was like, okay, that's cool. And I'm kind of like starting to piece, you know, together Pat Riley. And, you know, he obviously was with my pops they you know coach my pops and 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 they have that relationship now i don't know again if this is just like you know namesake type thing let me pay attention or the organization or or if i did anything to necessarily like warrant that but i just i just felt like you know it was it was a chance right so let me let me just step into this opportunity with some grace and go about it right um LeBron, D Wade, Chris Bosch, like it was it was the third year of their three peat, right? Oh, so wow. I'm in training camp and it's like it's the Heatles. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's the it's the Heatles situation and I'm like, you know, this is lit. And and I <laughs> I remember specifically thinking too, like, it's almost a little too lit. Mm. Mm. Yeah. South Beach, you know I'm saying like I'm like it's almost <laughs> a little too lit right now. Like, yeah, didn't make the roster, and I again I, like looking at who else they had brought in. They had maybe another roster spot or two up, and they had like Roger Mason Jr. or senior. I forget which junior senior, but he had been in the league, um, you know, for some time. A vet, Michael Beasley, you know, yeah. like they they had brought in some guys who I figured like all right, you know. Probably, you know, fill a spot better than me right now. Um, so ended up going to the G League, right? So they cut me from the Heat. You know, Spo was like, "Appreciate you, but uh, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna cut you. We're gonna send you to Sioux Falls." And I was like, you know, again, understanding of kind of like how like the. I, it was the D League at the time. It wasn't the G. It, right. was, it was the year before it turned to the G League, okay. but the developmental league, right? And I'm thinking like, okay, there's, it's not again like my experience at Carolina, right? Like thinking like I'm about to go to Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Like, what's about to happen? This isn't college though. This is like right. the NBA. So this right. is a completely different system and a whole different like you know mentality as far as what they're looking for, right? They actually are. They 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 like yeah. <laughs> do well so you can come up here and help us, right? Right. Exactly. Right. So you know, it 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 
that first year for me, it was it was very much I think a learning uh, t- a time for me to learn a lot. You know, I I I played. You know, I played mm-hmm. maybe like twenty twenty five minutes, and I had guys like um who who was with me that first year, man. Uh, hey, you getting old, bro? <laughs> you because you think you you think you remember. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just so many so many guys, bro. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I've really been hooping for so long. It's just yeah. so many. I play with so many different dudes. Uh, it's like right on the tip of my tongue. He 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 was with us for the first three games of the season. He went he went to training camp with us. He he played for the first three games of the season with us in the D League. He he averaged, I think like thirty some these first three games. He got called up. And then went to China for like one point five million or something. Not Russ. No. Um East Coast uh guard. Uh I'm I'm drawing a blank. But either way producers I, Google it. I, I I was like I was like I was like, yo, see, you do well, you see a return, right? Right. Like yep. that's what the D League is about. And I'm like you know, but but then also in understanding the whole kind of construct, it's like it's like crabs in a bucket, you know what I mean? Like, guys aren't necessarily down there to facilitate, right? This is how <laughs> I've always thought, right? Like, go in and make your teammates better. It's like, no, you'll get taken advantage of, and now you're just labeled as this these one of these kinds of a guy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, don't, you don't want labels. You know nah, what I'm saying? Say. You want you want to be able to be fluid, and you want to be able to buckets. adapt, and you want to be able exactly so. That first year was all about me kind of just learning what it meant to even, again, survive in mm. this kind of a environment, right? Um, and my game opened up, too, because I was able to just, like, especially, too, in being in Sioux Falls, and I really, like, I give a lot of credit to the, to, to the, to the Sky Force organization. I mean, the Miami Heat top to bottom, you know, like... They they do a, a great job, I mean, an excellent job at developing yeah. their guys, right? Through through their, you know, through their system, right, in, in Sioux Falls. And I wasn't all the way aware of that going into it, but once I was out there, I was with Tyler Johnson, right? For example, I was with Tyler Johnson, um kid from Fresno, and we ended up playing summer league that year for the Heat and then, you know, mm-hmm. after training camp, whatever. And then they sent us to the, to the, to to Sioux Falls, and Tyler and I kind of had this bond, right? Where it was like, you know, two SoCal kids, you know, really just out here, you know, trying to find our footing. But we kind of complimented each other on the court, you know, and yeah. kind of we really complimented each right. other. I mean, the way I played and me just being a distributor, and him being such a slasher and somebody who, you know. He's a bucket. Like Tyler, I I absolutely 100% love playing with Tyler, bro. And and like the team, right? And I started to kind of just pay attention to like the way that the Heat, I think, were like again engaging the Sky Force to say this is our system, this is how we want to play, right? It yeah. was very much triggers. You know what I'm saying? It's not so many plays. It's like we're going to put you guys in spaces for you to create triggers yes. and then you guys now just play off of each other. And I was like, "Okay, this is it was a, it was before his time, low key. 
very before yeah, his time. Because that's all basketball very, is now. Very, very before his time. And and again, I'm like, I was like, okay, this is different, right? And heat culture, right? And this whole concept of heat culture. And I'm like, I'm in it. This is in 2013. So I, I seen it. I was mm. like, it's very, very real. And the way that they're teaching us how to play here is tailor made for the way that the game is evolving, exactly like how you're talking about. So my second year, right, going back to since they had my rights, um, going back to Sioux Falls, I knew I was I was going back. So came back, you know, for the summer in LA, I was doing my workouts and doing my thing. Maybe two weeks before I was scheduled to go back to Sioux Falls, I had got a call uh from Phil Weber. He's now um I want to say front office is a GM now with the Pelicans. <laughs> if he's still with the Pelicans, he might be with somebody else now. But he uh, he called me. He's like, he's like, is this Larry Drew? I was like, yeah. He's like, hey, he's like, this is your coach. It's your coach Phil, Coach Phil Weber, man. And 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 man, I'm excited to have you. And you know, it was just all this energy coming through the line, right? Remember, mm-hmm. ball finds energy. And he's just like, yeah, man. So I'm over here watching your tapes, and he's like. I love what I see, and I'm, like, excited to have you. You know, it's a different coach than what I had the first year. And he's like, I'm watching you play, and I see a lot of similarities to Steve Nash. And he's like, I was with D'Antoni in Phoenix, you know, during these time periods. And he's like, I'm telling you right now, we're just going to run the same offense. <laughs> he's like, we're just going to run stuff tailor-made to just put you in positions to run pick and roll because I already see how you – think and what you you know what you're what you're looking for as far as kind of how you want your guys to play because I was very much again like triggers like if you set a screen and my guy goes over the top of that screen you have to roll all the way to the basket you have to because it's going to force that that weak side help and that's a pass that we all have to trust that I can make right yeah now it's just a matter of that being the trigger and that being the read and everything else kind of just flowing off of Pick and roll, and that's that's the heart and soul of, yeah. of basketball from an offensive standpoint. Yeah. Is 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 pick and roll? Really, again, it's it's about creating triggers. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. the pick and roll is the is the original OG right. trigger creator right there, right? So having a coach hit me that early on, that's engaging dope. with me about watching my film and kind of breaking down my game, and then seeing similarities with other greats and then kind of just, you know, implementing the same systems that work for these people. Bro, I got called up. Hmm. I was like, <laughs> I had 23, I broke the G League uh, assist record, assist record yeah, on Christmas uh, that year. I had 23 assists, si- 16 points, 23 assists, eight rebounds, next day, got called up. and I 23 was like, assists is wild, man. Yeah, That's, bro. What does that feel like? <laughs> Honestly, it didn't feel like it. Uh, like I had that many assists because, and I'm sure like if you watch that game and that tape, and it's funny, it's uh, it's funny because that game was against the Rio Grande Valley Vipers, which ended up being the coach for that game. Ended up being my coach on the Sky Force a couple years later when I came back and was playing in the G League after going overseas, and I always remember getting into it with him, being like, or not necessarily getting into it with him, but just being like, look. Like, we need to run more because if we run more, I can do things like what I was doing against y'all when I played against y'all and <laughs> I had I 23 assists. Exactly. <laughs> but so many of my assists were just like because of how we were trained to play yeah. and how I used to communicate to guys, even like after makes, like get the ball out quick, like like 
just get it out. Like, sprint to get the ball out, like, from the net. Yeah. Get it out quick and just run. I'm going to kick it to you. And I, I'm pitching it ahead and just getting four, five, six easy assists off of guys literally run just out. lazy yeah. getting back on defense. So that's why I'm like, that just kind of, again, I think it speaks to, one, me just being so unselfish, right? Like, again, like, in, in, in Coach Phil Weber, just really knowing, like, let's play to Larry's strength, right? right. KY, KYP, know your personnel. His strength is his unselfishness, but not just his unselfishness, it's his ability to dictate the pace. He can get guys to run faster because he's willing to give them the ball in the perfect place for them. You know what I mean? So yeah. you get them enough easy baskets, they're going to continue to go harder for you over the course of the game. And Point guards, listen. <laughs> My goodness. So much. So many diamonds, man. That's... that's. But that's... And, and then so that's how I got 23 assists that game was one terrible transition defense and then two it was just my guys being ready you know in in you know finishing plays but so the call up gotta be called up so yeah that's what then and, and and again for me bro like i think that's honestly that's when like i realized that I am nice. <laughs> you know what I'm like, I was like, like, no, but like that. honestly, like like for real, it was just more so. Like it was just confirmation. It was just like yeah. this. It was like the the most needed, I think, confirmation for me that I do have what it takes to play at this level. Um, you know, given you know, given the right you know formula. Now it's like. I, I'm very careful again about how I go about into like this this breakdown of it because it's like you know you saying you don't, like you don't, James Harden you are the system that's what you're saying <laughs> lightly no no that's a, it's a good point like it's, you have, it's just it's it, I mean again yeah it's like it's not that I'm the system it's that I I had to adapt in that one you know I had to take it back like that that my first year playing in the G League I didn't start i didn't you know i played maybe like 15 20 minutes a game like that second year and me doing my due diligence and going back to training camp with the heat that second go around and you know me just staying within the system you know i'm back at it now but having um really again just i think proving to that organization that i was willing to buy in to mm. the culture and really retain the information that they were trying to give to me as far as what they were looking for me to do and what kind of player, you know what I'm saying, they needed for me to be in Sioux Falls. And then them having, you know, Phil be that guy. I mean, Phil, Coach Weber to this day, I think probably is like the, my favorite coach, you know, just having played for. Um, he's he's very, he's big philosophy guy, right? Like he's he's that guy. He taught me KYG, KYP. You know what I mean? Like gotcha. he, he, he gave you a philosophy or a mantra or a, Chinese proverb, you know, every rebuttal was some kind of a, a quote, you know what I'm saying, mm -hmm. or something mystical, or something, you know what I mean, but he knew when to say it and how to, you know, how to use it, and I'm yeah. like, okay, um, but yeah, all of that to say, things, there was a time, right, like, I had to take time, I had to be patient enough to say, like, okay, like, I didn't get drafted, I didn't, you know, have the collegiate career that I wanted to have, you know, it, my path isn't happening how I thought it was going to happen, <laughs> right. but me staying with the script as far as, again, the decision, 
me mm-hmm. making the decision to say, I'm going to make these sacrifices. I'm going to attempt my all to still try and, you know, uh, uh, give it my all. I mean, again, you got you to make this attempt. You got to make this decision. So let me, because again, it's like, bro, it's, it's hard. Like even Kobe and guys, you know, they used to talk about it. It's like, it's what separates guys effort you know again one of those intangibles one of those nuances is yeah. something that you can control as an athlete right you can't control somebody else on your team taking a bad shot you can't control the coach taking you out the game you can't control certain things but you can always control your attitude you can always control your effort you can always you know what i mean like yeah. your communication how you so communicate. that stuff actually works it it actually works <laughs> in in in, yeah. in and that's what i realized like okay i'm not gonna be this you know, and again, it was one of the things in the G League, and that's part of going to like these, you know, uh, uh, they used to have like seminars and like you know talks and you know basically uh, internal, yeah, like uh, yeah. like types of environments where you can have conversations with guys who have been you know been here, done that. They basically teach you for life impossibility of not playing that sport beyond this point, right? So they get you in that train of thought and just thinking like, all right, well, what else can we do? And, you know, they're like, yo, you being on a team, you just understanding how to, you know, take information, relay that information and adapt on the fly, right? As a basketball player, that's useful to any company or any corporation, right? If you already know how to, you know, and I'm just like, man, all this is very true. But, you know, it's like for for anybody who's looking for anything to be just like a linear kind of a situation is never going to be that. It's it's even even. This is gonna get deep. But like if you walk in a straight line, even on the earth, right? And this I'm not a conspiracy theorist, right? I'm saying like the earth is round. You're going you're not walking in a straight line. You're walking on a curve. You know what I'm saying? And it's like just because we perceive some things to, to maybe be what it is, it's like from a mac take more of a macro look at it and understand that, you know, a lot of these again experiences, they they bend in and they curve in on itself. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. not so much it being like a starting point and an ending point. It's like over the course of my, you know, my evolutionary track, I came back to points that I had to remember, like, oh man, this kind of felt kind of feels familiar. You know what I mean? Yeah. So let me learn from the past and apply this knowledge maybe a little bit different than I applied yeah. it, you know, in yeah. the past and see if I get a different kind of a, a solution. You know what I'm saying? So all that equivalated to me making, you know, that call up. And then at least to me, like I said, that that was that confirmation that, um, you know, I had what it takes. You made the NBA. I made the you NBA. You made the NBA. And, and honestly, bro, <laughs> from there, from that point, it was just almost kind of just like, what am I going to do next? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like You um, reached that goal, man. I love that. Yeah. Like, people always ask what success is, and it's just going after a goal day after day after day, no matter what, and just pursuing that goal. Mm-hmm. That's what real success looks like, regardless of the failures people may say you had within college or, you know, uh, not getting drafted or whatever it is. But no, all of it was success. Yeah, I mean, I, I was on 10-day contracts. I didn't sign a long-term contract, right? And I was, it became that. It was you the next, one of that the 4,794 the... people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but, but, but what I'm player. saying is it, it, it became, that became like the next, I guess, like goal for me was to say sign a long-term contract, right? Yeah. And, and, and again, it's like, you know, as an athlete, as a competitor, you gotta you gotta compete with yourself. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like first and foremost, like you, you should yeah. be your toughest competitor, right? And then you learn what you're capable of, and then and 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 how you can comfortably, right? Like push yourself. You know, um, not not necessarily comfortably, but again, it's like me being somebody who 
has an L4, L5 injury, I have to think again in terms of increment. Like I've, I've hurt myself even just in the past few years, taking time away from working out and doing things and just thinking like I can kind of just get back into it the way that I have been before and then I'll throw my back out. Mm. And it's like, I'm 33 years old talking about throwing my back out. It's like, I haven't had surgery for this. Like I try to, you know, do things holistically and, you know, I do yoga and, you know, try to change my diet up and, you know, drink more water, drink more fluids type of thing. But um, at the end of the day, you have to, again, apply. You got to apply the knowledge. You can't go through all these experiences and all these situations and not, you know, apply it because it's like, <laughs> right. you know, it's insanity, right? Like, you know, doing yep. the same things over and over again, expecting a different result. So, you know, just have have empty or half full, right? Like, it's always about how you perceive your situations and your experiences and what you can learn from them and how you apply them. Thank you, man. So we're going to fast forward pro career uh, very shortly here because I want to get to what you're doing now. I think it's very impactful. I think it's very important to see how you take someone's journey like yours, right? Basketball, full life of basketball and how you're turning that into uh, just being a point guard in life, too. So pro career played, played overseas a little bit, G League more uh, for how long? Uh, uh, so I was in the G League for two years from 13 to 15, then from 15 uh, to 17, I was overseas. So I played in Monaco uh, for a year in, in the south of France, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, then the next year I played in Lithuania for a year, um, which was also amazing. And then my last year, I came back to the G League mm-hmm. and then I did one more year in Sioux Falls. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I was actually, I mean, because my whole thing was always, again, trying to get back to the league, right? So yeah, I was trying to absolutely. get back to the league as long as I was playing. Um, and then I was in summer league. So, yeah, since since I gra- uh, graduated, um, basically put my name in the draft and was no longer in college, I played every summer league, every summer in the summer yeah. league, right? So, like, my summers were packed full of just, like, Grind. training camps, summer league, like, everything, right? So... Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just remember specifically thinking too, like, you know, again, like even guys in my class that are in the league now that like, they're not like their summers don't look like my summers. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. As far as yeah. like how much physical, you know what I'm saying? Like now they're playing you know, in the NBA, I'm playing in, you know, a lower level, you know what I'm saying? But because they're there already, they don't need to work as hard to to, to get there. You know what right, I'm saying? They're already right. there. I'm still having to... to Trial. To, you were trying out yeah, and like, had, to, had to try to get picked up. And every year you got new get, new, new guys right. coming in as, you know, the next one. So it's like, yeah, it's always, it's competition every year. You know, you got to reinvent yourself damn near every year. So, mm-hmm. so... By 2018, you know, I was in summer league playing, and I was playing against um, the Pelicans. And I remember it because they had just cut me, you know, off my second uh, 10-day contract the season prior. And I remember, you know, thinking, like, I'm about to give them some work. And <laughs> I had a really good first half, and going into the second half, thinking, like, yeah, I'm about to, I'm about to cook. And first play of the second half, I hurt my back. And right. I, I had to go out the game. Um... And that ended up being <clears throat> my last time playing basketball. Wow. 
just because 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 from that point I I made the decision not to do it anymore. I just was you like I'm not I'm just not gonna keep going through this with my back, right? Like yeah. like I said, I'm 28 at that time. It was 2018. I'm 28. I have a uh, uh, like a like a herniated disc in my spine, and mm. it's crazy to even say out loud like that, but it's the truth. And I literally went through my whole prof- professional career and college career, my whole collegiate and professional career. You had a herniated spine. Nobody, that whole time. nobody knew it. I wasn't even. I didn't talk about it. I I didn't even want that to be the thing. How I, come you never got surgery? I you just, just didn't want to do it. I didn't. I, I just yeah. Well, at the point in which I got it diagnosed, they were like, "You don't need it." Oh, okay. So something that you can just kind of maintain. They That's why like, you were able to play so long. They were like, they were like, and what happens is like, if your back is aggravated, you know, what I'm saying, if if you're just if you're not in shape, and your back gets aggravated, it'll just lock up to almost like protect that okay. that injury. So I would have like back spasms where my my mm-hmm. back would just like lock up for like a week, and I couldn't like walk. Whoa, dang. But, but nobody knew. Like, <laughs> crazy. So yeah, man. Like you, you learn to play through injury, play with injury. You know, injury yeah. becomes you, type of thing. And in in decisions become all that there is. You know, yeah. is what are you gonna do about it? You're definitely appreciated, man. Especially in LA, uh, you always go down as one of the <laughs> top point guards, man. And Appreciate just from that, a hoop bro. standpoint, man. And always following your journey just because I, you know, knew you as a young, young boy. Um, man, thank you, man, for what you gave to the game yeah. and what you're continuing to give. So let's talk about now, man. What yeah. what endeavors are you into now? How are you impacting lives uh, as a point guard in life? Um, Yeah, man, I, I, you know, being somebody with the knowledge that I have and, you know, liking to be the facilitator, you know, and being somebody who likes to, you know, the ball finds energy, right? Like, you know, passing energy around, like being an educator, you know, first and foremost at this point in my life and, and going around and, and speaking and talking and giving back is something that I'm very, very, um, you know, adamant about, you know, whether that's, um, you know, player development, you know, so I, so I work with, um, you know, kids, um, high school, middle school, college, even a, a few pro guys, um, on top of uh, my my girlfriend, my partner Stephanie over there, and I, we have a, a creative agency. It's called Lightwork Three Hundred and Sixty, and we um, we work with you know different brands, facilitating um, you know partnerships and product seeding, product placement, you know, influencer marketing with you know uh, celebs and athletes, and doing that whole thing. Um, and yeah, I think for me, it's 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 really about staying I tell people my biggest strength now at this point is my 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 uh ability to be available it's like I really like diving in to ideas right and learning more so about what others are doing because it helps me kind of construct things that might not already kind of be there yet, if that makes sense. And like yeah. I said, that it, it kind of goes back to what I already knew to be true about what I needed to do as far as, oh, you want to you wanna go down this path of entrepreneurship? You know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take sacrifice. Like, you know what yeah. I'm saying? You, you, you decide to do this, it's going to hurt. <laughs> it's it's going to be some times where it hurt. 
Um, but you study the game, you know, you have a passion and dedication for it, um, and the right people around you to supply you with these tools and and certain resources, you know what I'm saying? And you can have success and, you know, magic is my godfather. So I, I, like, I've always had him as somebody to look up to, even like, as far as just taking chances, taking risks, right? But, you know... uh, having a sense of foundation in, in, in infrastructure, you know what I'm saying, with what you're what you're doing or what you're building. Um in in, you know, my so my mom is from South Central and you know, even in seeing, you know, when when he had the Fridays and the, the Magic Johnson movie theaters and what kind of energy and excitement that yeah. generated, you know, just within that that community, you know what I'm saying? And how he was always giving back and trying to just be like this model example of, you know, a citizen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I look up to, and, you know, I respect it and was like, you know, why don't more athletes follow this yeah. path of, you know, uh, almost like that give back spirit, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Or just having that kind of a personality, you know, to attain these kinds of things. But a lot of it too is him being in LA and him just being in his market and goes back to me again growing up out here and me just understanding the difference in being in LA versus being in Texas or Florida or New York even you know it's not it's just not the same so if you have a vision for something out here you know you got the network and you have the the patience to really just bring it all together then you can pretty much create anything (laughs) No, it's true. I, I was just yeah. telling the kids today, they, um, they asked the questions, um, you know, how do I make money outside of my sport? Mm-hmm. It was a basketball player, some girls who play softball. And I told them, I was like, find your passion and just go after it. I said, you could mm-hmm. sell. I said, if I got 100 people and I said, I'm the master of writing and cursive, I could sell that for $100 a person and make money <laughs> off of something so simple it's mostly because the social media world, but especially in L.A., I, all my friends, my family friends who me and my wife got married around the same time, like six or seven couples, every single one of them have moved. They've all moved away, and I'm like, I'm never leaving L.A. You know why? <laughs> Look, I'm sitting next to Larry Drew talking <laughs> talking to Larry Drew about I mean, bro, his, his journey. Like, I, that, blessing, that don't happen bro. anywhere else, it, you it's know? It's a blessing to be here, and, um, you know, it's... If you know, you know. You know what I mean. Yeah. Like in in, I don't take it for granted. You know what I'm saying. Like I was I was literally that guy. Even when I was at UNC, one of the things that I think kind of put me in some hot water uh, early on was in the summers, right? Like they wanted guys to stick around on campus and mm-hmm. do the summer school and do like the summer sessions and do all that. I was like. Can't do it. I'm not. I'm not gonna be out here in the summer. I gotta go home. Like y'all wouldn't understand. Like it's just, you know, I I just love the environment. I love the feeling out here. And and so, um, yeah. No, I mean, at this point in my life, I just really, you know, I for me, I have my understanding of again, like, you know, again, when I speak about being an educator, and and it's like, all right, like I say, I have a creative agency and. And from 2018 until, you know, where we are now, um, you know, I've, I've, again, just in diving in head first to some, to some, you know, opportunities and startups and things of that nature. Again, just marketing, right? And opening myself up to the, to the world of marketing. I didn't go 
to school. Yeah. You know, I, I it wasn't like you know marketing was major hard or anything knocks like for, that. For right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, so I was a history major. So this whole concept of marketing, even right, like up until 2018, was something that it was was a new concept, right, to me. I didn't really look at it like that even though like i understood it you know right. for what it was but i'm still not like a a marketing expert or anybody who has any experience in marketing or anything like that but i mean like you said i'm a commodity and i mean the word market is just you know a means of i think identifying where you can where, where your target audience or your target demographic or where your consumers is going to be so it's like KYG, know yourself. Mm. What am I selling as a product, and who wants me? Yeah. Now it's like create energy around selling that story. That's marketing. Wow, love man. I love the sim- simplicity of that. Yeah, and, I um, mean, and, and and people do that for a living. You know what I'm saying? And my girl is one of them, and <laughs> she's she's very good at it. Um, but you know, like again, it's it's, it's her link will be in the bio too, y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, it's, it's about stories, you know what I'm saying? Like having that, that personable, I think, or that, that capacity to, to really listen and and hear people and understand like, like what is the message trying to be portrayed here? And so I kind of see marketing, right? Or, or how I kind of gravitated or how I kind of jumped on to like the whole marketing, I think, concept post my, my, my career was in one that, again, I could almost teach now. And like I said, I'm an educator, right? So I can almost teach the next generation of commodities yeah. on how to sell themselves as a product. And it, it it almost again in, in the market now that's that speaks most to that is is the nil so yeah and so how are you guys how are you involved with the nil space and what information more importantly can you give the parents and families who have high schoolers of high you know high end high schoolers um, or college players even in that nil market what are some important things to know and think about in that space yeah I mean it's it's a whole new uh, game and business. It's it's a, it's another game within the game, you know. And um, you can you know you can you can choose not to play, you know. And it's one of them things where it's like by choosing not to play, you get it, it. It's gonna it's gonna do you more damage in the long run than good because ultimately, like again, you look at it a hundred years from now, right? Let's just fast forward a hundred years from now, and the way that all of this is kind of just starting to like blow up right um you know i don't know if you're big on like web three or like that that whole like you know what i'm saying but like again the rate at which information is being exchanged between humans in society is speeding up Mm. it's going to continue to speed up to the point to where you know and you even see it now like our cell phones but like the way in which we're, we're going to be able, the only way in which we're going to be able to keep up with the rate at which information is being exchanged is to, you know, basically enhance ourselves with more technology and more things to, to keep up with this. Like, so again, like a cell phone is almost like a, 
it's like an external organ for humans now. It's like you need your cell phone to keep up with the info because if you don't, mm. if you can't keep up with info no more, then it's like you're gonna fall behind out here. And so trends are happening and current events are happening and so society and social things like it's happening. So it's like you have to be like curious enough, I think, to want to even engage in this game right mm -hmm. it's one in that this is like this is like basketball this is like any sport like you're gonna get out of it what you put into it so you see guys now like caleb you know williams right quarterback for sc and he's talking about some whoever drafts me right like i want i want some of that that you know that team and and, and guys are are going to be even though it's it's most likely not going to happen but they're gonna they're gonna start coming like yeah. in with that energy because it, it the message now is that you guys, and by you guys, you, the commodities, the players, have been exploited and been taken advantage of for so long um, from a financial and monetary standpoint in terms of equity, you know, in, in, in what has been able to be established, right, you know, for said brand or said organization or... Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we don't necessarily want to have these conversations about what you guys can be owning within this organization. Let's just keep you guys a, with what we're giving you in your contracts. You know <laughs> right. what I'm saying? Um, it's a whole different conversation. So you have to you have to be curious. Like that's the first thing. It's like if you're not curious about the way in which all of this is changing and, yeah. and, and evolving, and you're not asking questions already, you're already behind the eight ball because things are happening so fast and information is exchanging so fast that you 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 have to be it's like it's like computer developers you know what i'm saying like when the computers and all this stuff started popping off and it's like if you weren't somebody who was with the programs and doing all that stuff early on you probably weren't going to be a, a coder or somebody who actually figured out how to manipulate the system to you know and it's not about manipulating the system it's just about learning the yeah. system you know what right. i'm saying so right. You got to learn the system if you're a player, you're a parent. And then second, you know, you have to have discipline, right? The discipline to do your due diligence, right? And, and again, as a, as, a, as a player more so than a parent, because it's not on your parents to go out there and play the game. It's not on yeah. your parents to go out there and, you know, practice. It's not on your parents to retain the information for mm -hmm. you. You know what I mean? So you got to be disciplined in that, you know... It's, it's it's strategy it's 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 you know um it's intent it's you know the content that you're putting out now lives forever you know what i mean and yeah. it's like you being this brand this commodity what you put out there now is it's 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 a it's a pitch for you yeah. <laughs> it's you selling the idea of your your brand or your commodity right even if you don't even understand it yet or you don't know you just having an Instagram page or a Facebook profile or a Twitter page is like, if somebody wants to give you money just because they like what, what they see, they can give you money and you can change your whole life. And they can take that from you if they don't like it. Yeah, and that's why it's like, I don't Man. understand this whole thing where it's <laughs> like, when people get mad at guys for like, or, or teams or organizations even for like rescinding money or like, you know you know, slap on the wrist, you know, for guys not necessarily following the the the, the quota or like the, the social, you know, construct or paradigm or what they want. You know what I mean? They, but I'm like, nah, bro, it's a business. You know, it's a business. Yeah. It is a business. Like, 
you see what we're doing right here? This creates business right. for everything and for everybody everything. else. So yeah. it's like what conversations now are being had because of this basketball. And if you're not somebody who is inspiring the kind of dialogue that they want to to instill and to have and input in society, then it's like you don't understand the business, bro. Like you could be a great player, but you don't understand why this is here. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like why this possibility is even here. You know, if you just want to be a good player, then film yourself online and just go play at the park. You know what I'm saying? And you can be like the greatest viral player of all time. But if you want to play in the NBA and you want to maximize on your commodity, then you have to be disciplined. <laughs> You got to understand that it's a game, right? Yep. And, and again, it goes back to, you know, the whole NIL for parents now. It's like, be a pro in how you're thinking about it now. Be a pro now. Oh. Don't wait until you're a pro. Don't wait until... You got to start thinking like this right now and figure it out because if you do, the reward can be so much more fulfilling, you know what I'm saying, yep. than if, if you know, you just waited to just say, oh, yeah, you know... Not only that, I think some kids are even securing financial security younger. Yeah. Where if it doesn't work out. That's exactly. If it, it doesn't that, work and out. And that's the real power of the NIL is that if I, if the NIL was around when I was in high school, I would have millions of dollars. Oh, for sure. I would have I made, I, I would have had a completely different, <laughs> uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it would have been completely different. Yeah. But it wasn't around. Right, you know what I'm right. saying? So it's like. How do you explain to these kids now all of what I've been through and what you know I've been through to tell them now, care a little bit more about what you're putting out there onto the internet because if you do, you can be in a completely different situation, even one that I'm in now. You know what I'm saying? Like as yeah. an, every, You can change the you, generation. Bro, it can you be, can it's so real and it's so like, it's happening fast, right? And, and, and people are figuring it out because they're having conversations and they're paying attention and they're having that discipline. So again, it's like, you gotta be curious, one, discipline, two. And then it's just like, I think there's a creative component that needs to go into it. Um, yeah. You know, and that would be, you know, we live in LA, we're surrounded by influencers, celebrities everywhere, right? But other places, other markets don't necessarily have that same I don't know if you want to call it a problem or, you know, if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but like my boy Austin Mills, shout out to my boy Austin. He just hit mm -hmm. me up yesterday and, and, and basically put me on game with something that he's working on. Um, but again, it's all in, 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 in service of being an educator and somebody for somebody like him, who, as you know, is a, um, you know, He's a he's a he's a he's like a influencer mastermind. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. he's got pages and you know sports pay this and that. And he's got all these different. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And he understands right what it what it takes like to keep up this persona in this brand in this commodity as the Austin Mills. You know what I'm saying? Like figure mm -hmm. face of of his of his business, right? Um, and now he wants to go into college and basically teach these college athletes in the NIL basically how to be an influencer, right? And people don't even like that word. This is what I've realized and what we've realized, you know, doing the work in the, in the last, you know, four or five years is the word influencer and influencer marketing and, you know, that whole thing is, um, 
it can it, it can come with a certain like stigma to it, but I you know, it's a tool. It's a tool. Like any, no, I think, it's, I think it's, anything it's, it's, new it's is anything new is bad until it's good. And so I think that's like you, we saw influencers and. You know, we talk about basketball, like the Instagram trainers. Mm-hmm. But they doing anything, making money. That's their business. You can't hate on them for being Instagram trainers. You can't. You have <laughs> to be able to adapt. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah. you, you got to be able to adapt. So you got to have the curiosity to adapt. You got to have the discipline to adapt. And you got to have the creativity to adapt. Yeah. So, so, so what I was going to say is like, these kids, these athletes, just like how they're looking at their favorite players playing the sports, they should be looking at the types of content creators online that they would like to create content for, right? And again, it's like, I'm not the most famous basketball player, right? But do you know what I do? I think better than, I'm not even gonna say better than anybody, but like I, I take full advantage of it is my blue check <laughs> on Instagram because mm-hmm. It's just the means of, again, like, and I, I hate to make, you know what I'm saying, or, or to make light, yeah, like, of, of, like, this whole verification thing. But, again, it's, like, if you have, like, a badge or you're verified, people might open your messages just because they see a blue check in their DMs. Yep. And it's, like, if you're the one reaching out, so now it's just, like, who do you want to, I've made, I've, I've done so many cold reach outs to people in, just in the past couple years and just made connections with people who I've wanted to make connections with just by reaching out and hitting them up and just being like, look, I follow your work, I follow your page, I follow your content, I think you're amazing, we'll love to connect, have a conversation, just pick your mind. And people get back to me and I'm like, is, this is crazy because doors yeah. are opening so I'm just like now making these connections and, and, and figuring it out. So yeah, you gotta, you gotta have a mindset, you know, in a in a in a real, I think, spirit for it. Like it, I'm a competitor. I know me. I like to compete. So mm. when I find things that give me an edge or, or give me that sense of like, okay, I can kind of, I can see like results. Or if I put something into this, I you know, I know I'll see like something that will come from this, and I can measure that against maybe others or, you know, and then it, myself, and then you know. So I I like to find ways to stay creative in how I you know, use my competitive edge and my competitive energy to try to help, you know, build things for, or, or facilitate things for others. Thank you. <laughs> Parents, like, rewind this and listen to it over and over again, everything he just <laughs> said about the NIL, because there was so much, but it's so impactful and so yeah. important. So we're going we're gonna to move to the next segment, man. Um, man. Sorry, I'm just appreciating, appreciating everything. I'm still processing everything as well. <clears throat> we are on my Rushmore. Yeah. All right, so your top four. Usually I let the guests pick uh, their Rushmore, but uh, I'll pick this one for you. Mm-hmm. Your top four UCLA point guards of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we can get into it. So, yeah, like I said, I'll... I'm, I'm a 90s baby. I was born in 1990, and the way I, again, I'm a progressive kind of a forward future thinker right mm-hmm. like even even like 80s music and like that oldies kind of a, you know i'm not i'm not too much of like a, a old school kind of a guy so right like my history starts around 1990 okay if that makes sense yes, right in a lot of cases right but you know ucla and and like my like real 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 love for ucla again it came from like my era 
mm-hmm. my era of yeah. like when I was hooping and in yeah. Tyson, I, it, it wasn't like you know I was like oh such and such from the past at UCLA right. so I want to go to UCLA because of this person it was like you know but again understanding the history and the knowledge so the first person I'm gonna put on the list is is Russ yeah. Russ is my my favorite guard at a UCLA um you said point guard and I and I, he played he played with DC you know what I'm saying and yeah they both play point yeah, yeah they both play point is 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 Russ um second and I guess this is in no particular there's order. no order it's just your yeah, top no four order. yeah there's yeah. no order yeah um my boy Tyus bro Tyus Edney Yep. Tyus is going up there. Third. <laughs> Honestly, bro. I'm a I'ma give it to Lonzo. I, I got I, I make space for Lonzo up there because you know, respect where it's due. Lonzo, so I, I, I beat, I had the record at UCLA for a single season assist, right? And, and, you know, went by my merry way, in comes Lonzo, <laughs> and he, he beat it, bro. And I was like, ah, <laughs> right. that was a record that I was like, yeah. I thought would hold for a little bit. But no, nah, I mean, like, you know, just his wave was crazy. I'm saying, like, you know what I mean? Like, in understanding that SoCal is always competitive and, and seeing kind of just like, you know, the ball family and, and, and what they were able to kind of... I want to say this. You were a, a definitely precursor to Lonzo's style, man. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I really was. Yeah, I mean, I he's, really, a, he's really just was. a little taller. So he's I a think, little bit taller. It, but the pushing the ball, man... You see so many similarities between me and Lonzo. It's like, it, it is, it's right there. So yes. it's like... Lonzo. Okay. I, I, give it to, I give it to Lonzo. So you got Russ, Tyus, yep. Lonzo. Yep. J Farm. Okay. I'm gonna give it to J Farm, bro. Yeah. That's J Farm, you know. And and again, just Valley Legend, A one eight, like I I J Farm and you know what I'm saying, won a chip with the Lakers and you know what I'm saying, yeah. did final, it brother, two you know, final fours. Yeah, bro, that's what I'm saying. Like he he really yeah. he really, you know. Yeah. He he represented, you know what I'm saying? So I J Farm. It gotta be J Farm. So my four it's very similar. Um my, I'm, I'm gonna, I, I and I, and I and look, DC, bro. Like again, like that's my, that's my guy. That's yeah, my yes, guy. I love DC. For sure. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he's honorable mention to me again. Like Earl Watson, that's my dude. Um, yeah, see, you know, mine is more of when they were at UCLA. I, I, I know yours is like a, is is overall. Yeah, it's yours. Yeah. Are, yes, yours is a overall. Mine's like is while I they was were thinking, there. While they, they were there, the okay. most impact at UCLA. Impact at the school. Okay. So I got, I have. I got Earl Watson. Yeah. Um, Four years started. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, you know like what I mean? He, he, and like, he just, he was, dog. he is UCLA point guard. Big you dog. Know? That's what I'm saying. And then B, B Diddy, uh-huh. Baron for me. Uh-huh. Like, that's when I started like, oh, I'm going to start. Like, I saw Vince, Vince Carter was the one who was like, oh, I need to start dunking even though he wasn't my style. But then I saw somebody who was Baron size dunking. Yeah, and, and I literally never watched Baron at UCLA. Really? Like, I never watched Baron Did at UCLA. Did you see him at the runs and stuff in the, in the summers? Bro, listen, I didn't. 
it, it was crazy because when I realized Baron was a product of UCLA, I felt like it, this was like later on in my in my career in my life, bro. That's what I'm wow. saying. Like I, I didn't I didn't watch Baron like at okay. all. You know what I'm saying? Like until yeah. until I saw him, you know, in the back of my truck. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. highlight, you know, with the Hornets and with the headband, and I'm yeah. like, okay, so BD <laughs> is obviously, you know what I'm saying, nice. But I didn't even, yeah. I'm telling you, bro, college was not something that I. That that makes that's I wasn't I, on. That's that's dope. I yeah. like I actually like that mindset a little bit. So. Uh, then I'm gonna have to go. Actually, mine's Drew. Um, is it UCLA at UCLA? Jordan Farmar. Yeah, I'm gonna put Jordan saying, up like, there. Like, I'm gonna say at yeah, UCLA. He just had that he had a little Jordan. bit more of an impact, I think, on like I think the city, bro. Just from like this, from a city perspective, yes. like like Jordan had. And I grew up in the valley, and I went to Tad. Yeah. So I'm like right. he, through, like from yeah. high school to college to the pros. He checked every and box he, was, he wanted. I had a light skin thing, like light skin point yeah. guards. Like, this is what we do. So, <laughs> <laughs> so y'all had the same hairstyle. Same, bro. Got, so same like, hair. That's cook. What I call do. it the Matt Cook. <laughs> the Matt Cook. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh man! And my fourth, I'm fanboying Larry Drew. <laughs> Just because, man, I, just I, felt I, saw like, the, bro, I saw I, I saw you become yourself again, man. And in one year, what you did, it was like a vision of, yo, if he was here for four years. That's that's and, always and, that's the what if that's the what if that's the what if everybody's always like, you know. Just, but you but you killed it, man. You went there and for four years. You you brought some energy back to L.A., you know, and uh, you know, just coming home and like you said, single 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 season assist record. I really enjoyed, man, watching you play, man. There's, and like you said, there's so many others. So I appreciate that, brother. All right. Your turn, man. You didn't talk to people's ears off. Our longest interview by far. My bad. I like no. I talk, I talk a little but bit. But all great like, information. You know I mean? like, His girl is laughing at him. It's hilarious. Because she, she, she get this all day, every day. <laughs> but she don't really ask the same questions. So I like, I think, talking about this. No, this is about dope, this man. This, this is like, morning. this I is, I, I think it's a piece of L.A. history. Man. I think it's. The the uh, your journey is so similar to a lot of kids who come to LA and go to school on the East Coast yeah. or somewhere else, and so they can hear what they're up against. Like L- LA basketball is different. We have the most NBA style offense in high school. Yeah. The most it's so different out here. But anyways, we'll start talking about that again. So you're the interviewer. Two questions for me. Let's go. Ah yeah. So you said it, it over the uh, the course of us having this conversation, but um, I want you to kind of just unpack it, unpack it maybe a little bit more. Why did you Why did you create this? I created this because I was tired of people who don't really know basketball giving advice to kids and parents and families um, about basketball. I always, I never, I was the dude you were talking about that like I didn't keep up with the times with the media and stuff. I've been training basketball for years and at a pretty high level and I like didn't do the Instagram stuff. And um, so I, I've always been like, I like being behind the scenes and everything I do because I like just boosting people up, man. I want to mm-hmm. be an encourager to people who actually influence millions of people. Like that's my thing. I want to be there like coach. Right, right, right. And um, so I found a way to do that by highlighting people like you and showing my face and building my brand that, hey, when it comes to especially youth basketball, mm-hmm. but over the overall picture from youth to the pros, 
you can come to me with your information and I ain't trying to sell you nothing. This this right. game is free. Our right. show is free. Right. It is it is 100% real authentic with people who are in the game from game. former players, Elevate college coaches. He said it. Uh, high, you know, every level of basketball yeah. person has sat in this seat and given free game because I want the families and the kids to hear what's real and not not what what's on the internet that's not real or some dude who, you know, and I really, I really, really, uh, really appreciate you. You know what I'm saying for uh, creating this kind of a space to to give this kind of information because I I wholeheartedly agree with you, man. It's um, it's it's a travesty, man, because you know e- even with me going into like the whole player development thing, right? And it's like at one point, kind of being like half, you know, one foot in, one foot out. But it, I think more so mentally because it's like. I got to go compete against, you know, trainers now. You know what I'm saying? And, and, <laughs> right. and, and, and the fact that guys, you know what I'm saying, who might have, you know, just like their 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 business, you know, a little bit more put together than mine, right? You know, even though I might have a certain pedigree, you know, but now it, it is a business. It's about, you know, the the anything in the digital space is a projection. So it's like, if you're working within this space, again, marketing, you're selling stories, you're, you're selling a product, right? Like, you gotta understand, like, you know, people are very impressionable. So yeah. you have a you have a due diligence, you have a responsibility to create, I think, again, conversation with integrity behind it and the fact that you know, you you do the work, you know what I'm saying? You do the work, you show up, you pull up, you know, you talk to guys, you know, you involve yourself, you give back, you're a student of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, nah, so this is this is really cool. I really appreciate, appreciate you, bro. Definitely, um, thank you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, second, I guess I would say second question. Um, <clears throat> it's the only other real question that I, I could think of. Um It goes back to 360. All right. <laughs> it goes back to, you know, them days, man. I just feel like, what was it? Like, can you, I don't know. Like, I know what it was like for me. Again, anytime I saw you in the gym, how I used to feel, mm-hmm. I used to feel like, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I used to love playing against Todd because he would like, you know, I could tell me being like younger and like, like not as strong, you know what I'm saying? But like me giving him work with like, it would like, I would see him get heated. <laughs> he get real bothered. So, so I really, I don't know, man. I'm just like, what was it like for you? Because like, I, those, like, again, it's really weird. It's like you were such a good fit for me in my life at that point to be able to go up to this gym on a like on a day to day. Maybe some days you was in there. Maybe some days I forget. Mm-hmm. I forget your boy. Uh, e. E. Yeah, who yeah. used to come in there with us. Um, but like just feeling like man, you know, this is my this is like my my hood. It's like my environment. Like like there's others. Mm-hmm. There are other hoopers. Like I didn't I didn't know too much about you or your right. game or your love of it or where you were from but i i remember just seeing you in the gym and, and us having like you know a respect for each other but again mm-hmm. it was like i love 
kicking his ass because it's like because 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 he he would get mad right and then force him to play harder and then and i'm like i'm not expecting after school to be competing like this you right because mostly it's old dudes it's just old there. dudes so it's like if i get somebody that i can kind of feel like oh he's actually gonna make me a little bit better let me unlock that side in him so i i don't know what was it like for you um man <laughs> I, i'm a natural <laughs> what was it like for me uh, I'm, I'm a natural um Anything I do in life, man, <laughs> I try to make people better. Yeah. And what I saw in you, like, so when I had moved, at that time, I just moved here from Kansas. I, I grew right. up in the IE, that's right, that's right, that's but right, I lived right. in Kansas for four years, and I knew who you were. Like, I knew your name, but I knew who you was. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't care about that kind of stuff. Right, like, right, right. Stuff just never, you know, it wasn't like, oh, I'm playing with the top point guard in, in California and, the, you know, top dude in the country. Nah, I was just like, man, I'm about to make sure he's good. Yeah. It was like I was testing you, man. I'm like, oh, is he really like that? Right, right, right. And so for me, man, I, I love the opportunity. My calling card is defense. So any opportunity I have to stop somebody who thinks they're good at basketball with in the offensive end. And this was, was and that. that's what I'm saying. Just <laughs> I used to seek that. I used yeah. to seek that. Like, and that I think, like for me, you know, that's that's part of what makes me, I think, uh, the player that I am, the competitor that I am, because I'm like. That made me better. It really did yeah. make me better, and that's that's my pops. He instilled that in me too, because it was like you know I'm always playing up. Yes. I was always playing against older kids. I was always getting roughed up. So, it, you know, from a competitive standpoint, you know, when you start getting older, right? And I started to, you know, I was a what sophomore, maybe junior in high school. Even like in college, I'm coming back, you know, you see like the way your body starts to change too. And it's like, mm-hmm. as, as that skill set and your body starts to develop, you know, you can, you can start to hold your own. I didn't play bit. you when you came back from North Carolina. You was too small. Well, I, yeah, I, <laughs> I stopped playing. I, I, I was like, nah, I'm I, on this, me and Larry gained, about to run, y'all. We was on I the gained same like 25 pounds. <laughs> I remember. I was time, like, bro. nope, that ain't me. So, but you're nah. not, it, iron sharpens iron. So that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, it, and, it, and it take one, you know what I'm saying? And no one, uh, for sure. And, no. um, that yeah, was I was trying to make you better, man. And I hope I did. And that was it, man. Back it was, then, it was today, fun. having this conversation, I, again, like, I, I think this made me better today, too. So, you know, you, you, you in the business of making others better, bro. That's it, man. I appreciate you, man. Um, you have 24 seconds. Do not go over. Start the clock. You have 24 seconds. Let the people know how to reach you. And if you have any encouraging words, yeah. she got the clock on her phone. Ready? That's your camera. Um, you can reach me on Instagram at Larry.light. Uh, also, you can follow some of my other business pages. I got champions.culture and lightwork360. Um, and if you want to shoot me an email, my email is hello at lightwork360.com. He did it. All right, man. I'm proud of you, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. man. Appreciate you. How about with, 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 with four seconds <laughs> remaining? Dope, man. No, I appreciate you being on the show, yeah, man. Sure, You're bro. definitely going to come back because I know you got more to talk about. And yeah, I do. I got, I got all kind of, bro, listen, <laughs> that was about a two. I'm scared. I can take it to a 10. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> All right, man. Appreciate yeah, you, brother. Appreciate you, bro. Yes, sir. All right. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Peace.